You're listening to Grant Edwards, 88.1 FM, The Wireless, The World at Five. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. North Korea fired a suspected intermediate range ballistic missile into the sea on Sunday, South Korea's military said. Two months after the North claimed to have tested engines for a new harder to detect missile capable of striking distant U.S. targets in the region. The launch was the North's first this year. Experts say North Korea could ramp up its provocative missile test as a way to influence the results of South Korea's parliamentary elections in April and the U.S. presidential election in November. South Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff said in a statement it detected the launch of a ballistic missile of an intermediate-range class from the North's capital region on Sunday afternoon. It said the missile flew about 1,000 kilometers before landing in the waters between the Korean Peninsula and Japan. Dr. Anthony Fauci is retired as director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, but GOP Senator Rand Paul continues to accuse him of mishandling the COVID-19 pandemic and making the worst decision ever made by a public health official in the history of time. In an interview this weekend, Paul called for Fauci to go to prison for his actions. He holds Fauci responsible for funding research at China's Wuhan Institute of Virology that may have triggered the outbreak. Whether that's avoiding crowds, whether that's staying six feet away from people, whether that's doing teleworking, all of it does that. That's our most important tool. The Government Accountability Office issued a report in June 2023 stating that the National Institute of Health had contributed over $1.4 million to Chinese research institutions, including the Wuhan Institute of Virology, despite serious biosafety concerns. Fauci had previously denied funding risky gain-of-function research at the lab. Fauci, the White House's medical advisor during the pandemic, last week testified privately before the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic and faced criticism for his lack of recall regarding decisions or circumstances during the early days of the outbreak. A volcano in southwestern Iceland erupted for the second time in less than a month on Sunday, sending lava snaking toward a nearby community and setting at least one home on fire. The eruption, which began just before 8 a.m. local time, came after authorities evacuated the town of Grindavik following a swarm of small earthquakes. Hours later, a second fissure opened near the edge of town and lava crept toward the homes. One resident said, we just watch it on the cameras and there's really nothing else we can do. Grindavik is a town of 3,800 people, about 50 kilometers southwest of Reykjavik, Iceland's capital. The community was previously evacuated in November following a series of earthquakes. Indonesia's Mount Merapi erupted again on Sunday, spewing smoke and ash high into the air, but no casualties were reported. The Merapi Volcano Observation Post in West Sumatra Province recorded an eruption with an ash column about 1,300 meters high from its peak, followed by ash rain. Sprays of ash from the eruption were seen blanketing roads and vehicles in nearby villages. At least 100 residents have been evacuated since Friday, after Indonesian authorities raised the alert level of the volcano from Level 2 to Level 3, or the second highest level on Wednesday. New York Times columnist David Brooks spoke about the dynamics of the GOP race and expectations heading into Iowa and Democrats' concern about the Biden re-election campaign strategy. And this is a working class party and she has done very poorly trying to crack into that working class group. She's done very poorly trying to crack into that uh, evangelical group. And so Trump has 
great organization, great presence. People are waiting to wait around. I read recently five and six hours as he shows up late. They'll stick around. They want to see Donald Trump. So all indications are that Donald Trump is sitting pretty. And if those polls are right, then Ron DeSantis is in trouble. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour. This has been James O'Neill for TNT. From beach towels to tea towels and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT shop has it all. Browse our shop now at TNTradio.live. You're listening to Grant Edwards, 88.1 FM, The Wireless, The World at 5. 88.1 FM, The Wireless, Weather. Well, good morning. Let's uh, let's check out that weather, shall we? First of all, for the short forecast for all New Zealand, ballot until midnight tonight. We've got for Northland, Auckland, Coromandel Peninsula in the Bay of Plenty, rain with some heavy falls in the east, easing to isolated showers in the morning. For Gisborne and Hawke's Bay, rain easing to showers this morning. Waikato to Taranaki, including Rotorua and Central High Country. Partly cloudy with areas of fog and showers, or uh, you've got around about Rotorua too, you've got the odd shower and, and also Tapo this morning. Isolated showers developing from the afternoon. For Wanganui to Wellington, also for Wairarapa, areas of morning cloud this morning. Otherwise, a fine day for you. In the South Island for Nelson, Marlborough and Canterbury areas of cloud clearing in Nelson and Marlborough this morning and Canterbury this afternoon. For Buller and Westland fine weather all day for you right through the whole day. Otago, Southland and Fjordland mostly fine. Isolated showers about the south coast clearing this morning and for the Chatham Islands partly cloudy. I'll be back with an extended forecast in just one moment please caller. Yes just one moment please. Yes. For those who crave more than just reading headlines in their social media feeds. People need to wake up. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. Okay, uh, let's uh, let's check out that uh, extended forecast uh, for Wednesday. For the North Island, scattered showers north of Taupo. Cloud in the east, clearing to fine weather. Partly cloudy elsewhere with the chance of a shower. For the South Island on Wednesday, cloudy periods, isolated showers of the inland Canterbury areas and also inland Otago and Southland. Showers developing about n- uh, w- w- Northwest Nelson, yes. And on Thursday, for the North Island, showers becoming widespread, possibly heavy for a time. South Island Thursday, rain showers north of Hokitika and uh, Christchurch possibly heavy. Partly cloudy elsewhere with isolated showers. On Friday in the North Island, partly cloudy with isolated showers clearing from Taupo and in the east. Showers becoming isolated elsewhere. On Friday for the South Island, rain in the west and heavy falls with a few showers in the south. Partly cloudy elsewhere and isolated showers. Yeah, Chatham Islands, your extended forecast, cloudy periods on Wednesday, tomorrow and uh, Thursday with light winds and mostly cloudy on Friday with a few showers and northerly winds developing. There we are, how about that? The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at TNTradio.live. All right. Well, we've got this um, Florida man who has been uh, arrested after a um, scuffle. Uh, Parents uh, find uh, it uh, rather... I think it's on Channel 12, actually. A bit of American news for a moment. New at 10 o'clock, every parent should definitely pay attention to this next story. A Florida man is now accused of preying on children in Scottsdale without ever stepping foot in Arizona. Investigators say that man used online video games to lure his young victims. 12 News journalist Chase Lightly has the warning that every parent needs to know about. 
The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children actually tipped off Scottsdale PD once they were made aware of sexually explicit conversations between the young victim and the suspected child predator. It's a worry every parent has when their kids play video games online. For some in Scottsdale, that worry became a reality. He was manipulating them and having them do different things. Sergeant Andrew Parrott with Scottsdale Police told us they identified three kids, one just 11 years old, who were coerced by someone living thousands of miles away to send him sexually explicit videos of themselves. There was video exchanges that were happening, and then he was sharing those with other people. Police say that suspect is Jacob Lozano, who lives in Florida. They accused Lozano of connecting with these young victims through video games and social media. We were able to actually see the behavior that he was you know, doing with these kids and the manipulation and the tactics that he was doing with the children. Even though the suspect lived in another state, police were able to get a national warrant for his arrest. Parrott and two others flying to Florida to make that arrest. He was taken into custody when he was pulling into the driveway. Well, they have Lozano in custody. This investigation is far from over. There's probably more kids involved that we're still investigating right now. While you think it will never happen to your kid, Parrott said it's only getting easier for abusers. There's tactics that these predators use, and they become very good at it. Which is why he says parents really need to know who their kids are talking to online and warn them about potential predators. It sounds obvious, but Parrott says it saved kids. When we have cases where kids come to their parents before that step has been taken to be exploited, where they're like, this is just a weird conversation. There's stuff weird that's happening online. And if you think this may be happening to your child, please don't hesitate. It's better to call sooner than later because um, we'd rather stop it before it occurs. Police also tell us the suspect in this case is expected to be extradited back to Arizona within the next two months. We're in Scottsdale tonight. Chase Golightly, 12 News. Chase, thank you. There we go. Thank you, Jace. It's 10 minutes. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's 10 minutes past five and you're here with Grant Edwards. Welcome to the program. And uh, we'll be having a look at um, some local news uh, now and then we'll actually we'll go to Australia. But before we do, before we do, um, we're looking at Sky News. This is the latest that's just come through overnight. Uh, I've got the latest from the, the Goldwitz Garama too. We'll find out what's happened with her first up and then we'll go to Sky News. Staying across Australia's local news when you're overseas has never been easier for important headlines traveling aussies stream australia channel six dollars a month with no lock-in contract sign up now for a free week-long trial certainly do 11 minutes past five and here's that story from the new zealand herald green party mp golras garamans returned to new zealand amid shoplifting allegations we've not seen her this morning outside her Greyland home but it's understood that she's just got back from a pre-planned overseas trip while she was away, allegations surfaced that she'd shoplifted from Scotty's Boutique in Ponsonby two days before Christmas. Our newsroom believes the value of the unpaid items was in the region of $15,000. It's understood that Garriman was stopped by staff at Scotty's when she attempted to leave the store without paying. The Green Party has confirmed it's aware of the allegations and Garriman has stood down from her portfolios for now. Party co-leaders James Shaw and Marama Davidson last week said they won't be commenting further until they've gathered all the facts. Police have confirmed they're investigating an incident that occurred on December 23rd. Meanwhile, a second allegation of shoplifting from the same store has emerged weeks before the initial incident. 
There we are. Well, thank you very much for that. And uh, we're going to pop now back to New Zealand and we're going to... Uh, and actually, no, 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 we are in New Zealand. We look at some Australian news now and uh, we've got conditions in the property market. They're starting to ramp up after a quiet wee holiday. Here's that story from Sky News. It's 13 minutes past five, is it? No, 12. 12 minutes past five. There we are, a bit early. But getting ahead of myself this morning. <laughs> program is brought to you by Real Estimate, Australia's number one property value estimate. Get your real estimate today. Yeah, that one could be a bit long. We might um, we put that off to one side there. I didn't notice the, uh, the length on that one. Here we are. Gold Coast, they've received a $25 million boost. Let's go to Queensland again, and the Gold Coast is receiving a much-needed tourism boost following the deadly storms during the Christmas period. Lauren Forbes is live from the Gold Coast. So, Lauren, $2.5 million will be injected. Yes, the... I thought it was two and a half, uh, 22 million, uh, uh, 25 million, never mind. No, it says here 25 million. Hey, you're having me on. Two and a half, that's not much, is it? Queensland government is injecting $2.5 million into the local tourism sector in a bid to get the battered industry back on track. Now, it's after a barrage of storms and a tornado tore through parts of southeast Queensland during the Christmas and New Year period. You know, I've got to stop there. That is absolute nonsense. Two and a half million, that is nothing. It's not even the price of a house. I mean, the, the massive storms. I thought 25 million was what the heading said, and I thought, oh gosh, well, that's more like it. But two and a half is just ridiculous, isn't it? Period. The weather events claim the lives of at least seven people, leaving tens of thousands of homes and businesses without power. Now, this cash will go towards 50,000 vouchers, which will be made available to both tourists and locals to spend on tourism uh, experiences across the city. Each of those vouchers is worth 50 bucks and they'll be able to use them at a range of uh, day tour operators as well as our theme parks uh, to get cash into those businesses, give cash-strapped southeast Queensland families a chance to take their kids away for the day, give them our last-minute school holiday activity. The vouchers are valid right through till the end of March, so it'll support the local economy over those few months. The severe weather events forced the closure of all theme parks across the city, excluding SeaWorld, due to damage and loss of power. And while most of the city did remain open during those storms, it's booking hesitancy that has now become a major issue for local tourism operators. It's definitely given me um, memories of uh, COVID and then we all the operators have had a difficult summer period the last few years um, but everyone's pretty resilient and with the support of um, you know Tourism Queensland and um, Destination Gold Coast it's we always fight back and, and come through which is a really good I think um, being family owned operators there's the resilience there there's the backing of um, the support from the community so um, we're, we're all positive minded but yeah it has been a, a difficult period for sure now projected losses for the local tourism industry is in the millions that's according to the gold coast uh, experience and it's hoped that these vouchers will provide some much needed economic relief to tourism operators and attract more visitors to the area yes absolutely it's caught a um Oh, I thought I had Michael. Uh, quarter past five. Good morning to you. Okay, now there's been a hot air balloon crash uh, in the, in Australia as well.
got to be joking. Oh, okay. Yeah, never mind. Let's hope this one's got some uh, got some people talking on it. It looks like I think it's one of those ones where, and I didn't check it actually. I should have done that. Where it's you know they just have head, headlines and bylines and stuff like that, and you can't actually you haven't got a clue what's going on. It's no good for radio. Here we go. This is Israel. Apparently, they're not very close to uh, achieving their end goal of ending the war with Hamas just yet. So it is a hundred days since Hamas carried out those attacks, and a lot of reflection on what's happened since, but also where to from now for this war. Joining me now is Middle East specialist and former Australian ambassador to Lebanon, Ian Palmetto. Thank you for your time. A hundred days in, I suppose it's a good time to take stock on on what has happened. A summary, I guess, of what's happened in those 100 days, I suppose, compared to perhaps expectations on how things would play out after those terror attacks on October 7. I think everyone have been hope, would, be, would have been hoping that the, uh, the whole um, issue would have been solved within 100 days. Uh, the fact that it's got to 100 days with Israel really not very much closer to achieving its military objectives and at this stage still with um, about 130 hostages held by Hamas, uh, it will be of great concern to, to, to Israelis. Um, the, uh, the, the thing about uh, the, the war itself is that uh, the way it's going, it could well be going for another 100 days, which really must fill us all with dread, given the, uh, the appalling casualties of mm-hmm. uh, Palestinian civilians that we've seen. Um, in, but in some ways as well, it's a very useful time for Penny Wong to be making a visit to uh, to, to Israel at this stage. Um, she has put out a press release which is remarkably nuanced in terms of the messages that she says she'll be she'll be delivering, and uh, she said that she'll be making the point to the Israelis that uh, they have Australia supports their right to defend themselves, but that the way that Israel defends itself matters. Uh, she also will be pointing out uh, very much along the lines that uh, uh, Anthony Blinken, the US Secretary of State and President Biden had, that the number of civilians killed in Gaza has been far too many and that Israel needs to change its its tactics for, 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 for the war. Um, it's, I assume that yeah. Israel itself is going to be criticising Australia for, uh, for quite a few things itself. I, I mean, the fact that we've made no comment at all on the South African case uh, in the International Court of Justice will be something that Israel will be will be seeking an explanation from her on. Yeah, it certainly will. Now, the role of Islamic uh, State, the Islamic, you know, Islam, you know, the uh, the Arab media and creating uh, this this whole problem they've got there you have a massive role this is from a this is a track from a very old documentary done quite a number of years ago it's called Obsession if you can find it online we definitely have a look at it here's a wee clip from that Oh, blast. I forgot how, I forgot that's all flipping no good as well for radio. Oh, you idiot. Okay, I did that last night. Never mind. That's a bit late. We'll go back to Australia and uh, 
uh, protect Australians from the uh, the TikTok thing. They're a bit upset about that. They actually want to ban TikTok in Australia, and they probably want to do it here as well. So it's very welcome that Headspace, that Beyond Blue, that Bunnings, that many other prominent companies, many tourism organisations, have decided to stop using this. I am disappointed, however, that some companies, including Woolworths and Sportsbet, continue to use it despite the legal risk and despite the warnings from the Information Commissioner, who has enough concern to have launched an inquiry against it. It really is time for the Albanese government to act and protect Australians from TikTok and its rapacious data harvesting against Australian citizens, potentially in contravention of the law. Finally, I just want to comment on the revelations overnight, finally, that we know that 62 government agencies and departments have had their data lost in the HWL Ebsworth cyber attack. This appears to be one of the largest ever cyber attacks affecting an Australian government entity. It has affected agencies including ASIO, our federal police, other law enforcement and security agencies. It's affected the Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet, Australia Post and many others, the NDIS included. And what has been lost in the words of the government includes sensitive national security information, personal information, private information, health information relating to individual Australians. It is a disgrace that it's taken eight months for this information to now be coughed up by the government and that many of the people affected by it appear still not have been contacted by either HWL Ebsworth or the Federal Government to advise them about their information which has been lost. We need to expect better from, of this uh, from the Albanese Government and their Minister for Cyber Security. Uh, it's, it's about time the Minister came back to the office, got her feet under the desk and started addressing issues like this of concern to Australians. Thank you. Very good. All right, not sure we've got any questions coming his way. That was James Patterson. Talk. Well, it's good that the Information Commissioner is investigating TikTok. Uh, that's certainly very welcome. And uh, it is important that they do so because they've been found many times all around the world to have lied about their application and the way in which it operates. They're not upfront uh, about it. In the past, they've said that they don't spy on journalists, but they've been exposed for doing so. Uh, I think the federal government needs to act. I think they need to pass legislation to protect Australians from TikTok. It's a company which we know is beholden to the Chinese Communist Party that does its bidding. And this is a country which is Australia's number one source of foreign interference espionage and state-backed cyber attacks. And so just allowing this company to have unimpeded access to the data of millions of Australians on their personal devices is not good enough. And it's time they took some action. The Senate Committee on Foreign Interference Through Social Media has provided dozens of recommendations about how they could do so. Yep, there you go. It's 19 minutes past five. You're here at the uh, Liberty NZ Breakfast with me, Grant Edwards, The World at Five, we're looking at. And uh, we also, do you think the West needs to hold Iran for uh, the Islamic um, Republic of Iran? Do they need to be held to account for what's been going on with um, the Israeli Hamas situation, arming Hamas? The first senior visit from the Albanese government to Israel is happening. Penny Wong has left Australia for the region. I was talking before the break to the Shadow Assistant Foreign Affairs Minister, Tasmanian Senator Claire Chandler, appreciate your time. Let's hope we don't have that audio issue. Um, just wanted to, to sort of look at the last 100 days. It's 100 days since that Hamas attack on Israel, on civilians. Is it a bit of a concern that, first of all, 100 days in, we don't know how or when this war will end and the number of civilian casualties, initially on the Israel side but now piling up on the Palestinian side? Is the, is the outcome here getting a little bit vague? 
Oh, look, I don't think anyone anywhere in the world could be looking at the situation in the Middle East at the moment, Tom, and, and not be concerned about all of the things that you have just outlined. 100 days of war is a very long time for all of us watching. I can only imagine how long it has felt for people on the ground in Israel to be uh, having to deal with that sort of anxiety and, and terror for such a long period of time. And, and you're right, it, it is too long. Um, and what we need to be looking at, I think, very carefully here is understanding why this, uh, why this war is occurring and looking at the very prominent role that the Islamic Republic of Iran regime plays in uh, stoking the violence and terror and war that we are seeing in the Middle East. In the coalition, we have for a long time been saying that the Australian government needs to be far clearer and far more impactful in how it deals with this regime. It's always likely or it's easy to have an entry strategy, if you like. The exit strategy always matters a lot more in any war, but that's been particularly the case in the Middle East. So you can understand why the Israeli government doesn't want Hamas to be in power, but what work has been done on what will replace Hamas? And, and would you fear that Palestinians in Gaza now are just going to be more radicalised? My fear certainly, Tom, is that we need to be looking at the root cause of uh, funding of Hamas and funding of Hezbollah and funding of the Houthis. And like I say, we know that the country that is doing that is the Islamic Republic of Iran regime. So we in the West need to be doing everything that we can to hold that regime to account. Only then do I hope we could see a situation where uh, we don't see these terrorist proxies of that regime spreading violence in the region. And that story there from Sky News. It's 20 minutes past five and uh, we'll go to some New Zealand news now and uh, we'll go and have a look at um, uh, the, the um, ever-increasing saga of uh, Golritz Garama and find out what's happening with her. We'll be back in just a moment. I was invited to debate the head of the largest atheist organisation in the US in Minneapolis about 15 years ago and I looked at the audience at one point, about 400 atheists, and I said, uh, would you raise your hand if you ever doubt your atheism? For example, if you've seen your child born or any child mm -hmm. born or anything like or heard a Beethoven symphony. Did you ever do you ever doubt your atheism? Not one hand went up. Mm -hmm. And then I said, you think we religious people don't question ourselves. Mm -hmm. You don't question yourself because every religious person I have ever spoken to, and that's thousands upon thousands, has acknowledged that they doubt their, their faith at times and they struggle with it. We struggle, you don't. Yep, that's right, that's right. I'll be back soon. Why did God create war? Why does God create murder? Why does God create all the, the horrific things we see in the news, school shootings? Why would God create a mind that acts in that way? Well, I think the the traditional theistic answer to that is the free will defense. It's not that God created those things, he created free agents, knowing that it was better to create free agents who had the ability to choose and therefore to choose to love him or not, or love each other or not, than it was to create puppets. But with that decision to create free moral agents, there was also the risk that people would use that freedom to exploit others. How often does God get blamed by the people who claim not to believe in him for the evils that they themselves are responsible for? 
Oh, I know. It's 28, <laughs> 27 minutes. I'm the clock's far too fast. I'll have to put it back. I'll do that in the break. Um, we're back here in New Zealand, 27 minutes past five. Good morning to you. Hope your morning's going good. Um, right, we've got some news um, on Nagarama. Uh, police have revealed that they are investigating a third claim of alleged shoplifting linked to Goldritz Garama, the MP for the Green Party and Minister of... Uh, uh, in, not Minister, but in charge of the... The Justice Department, I mean, the Justice Portfolio, I should say. Uh, now, it comes after allegations have surfaced last week that the Green Party MP had shoplifted from an Auckland clothing store retailer, Scotty's Boutique, in Blake Street. And I just I just thought about it when I was um, uh, working yesterday. I thought, hey, I actually used to live in Blake Street there. And uh, so, yeah, we'd pass that store um, every day. But but because but it was one of those funny sort of stores. You didn't really know what was in there. And I just I always thought it, it was I didn't think it was a boutique for women, women's clothing. I thought it was more to do with the advertising agency or something like that. Or perhaps when I was living there back in the late 90s, perhaps it was. So, it's, you know, maybe that's the case. OK. Um, now, this um, Garman, she's not responded to any of the allegations, while Scotty's has repeatedly declined to comment on the allegations to News Hub, the story from News Hub, and they have seen the email, the News Hub, uh, and from a store at called Creative Works uh, that sent another business uh, in the capital on Monday saying that it believed Garman had been in the premises on October, in October, and that they had a complaint, had that a complaint had been laid against her. A staff who also reports seeing emails contacted store owners, um, her name is Melanie, um, Melanie Smith, she's a store owner, and uh, she said, it is an ongoing investigation, so at this stage I would feel uncomfortable discussing the case. I do, however, hope justice will be served. So obviously they're known, they've got photographs here of her there in the store as well for CCTV um uh, cameras. And police confirmed uh, to News Hub that they received a report of shoplifting uh, in that location on October the 26th, 2023. Inquiries into the matter are ongoing, a spokesman said, and News Hub has contacted Creative Works for a statement. And have they given one? The store, located on Cuba Street, is known for its high-end dresses, wide range of jewellery and accessories and gifts and homeware. Popular items including La uh, Brie... Was this this Brie Leon handbags? Is that, I hope I said that right. Brie Leon handbags. Uh, stolen girlfriend's club jewellery. Stolen girlfriend's club. <laughs> That's fitting, isn't it? Um, That's jewellery and designer shoes. Uh, other items include technology such as speakers, alarms and Bluetooth lamps. And Garama has returned to New Zealand from an overseas uh, personal trip, apparently it was personal, and is due to speak to the Green Party co-leaders James Shaw and Marimba Davidson on Monday, Shaw and Davidson last week said that they wanted to speak to Garama before commenting further on the allegations. And uh, that's it. I thought there was a wee bit more to add to that, but there doesn't seem to be. OK, um, we'll go and skitter through the newspapers in just a moment. And uh, But before we do, uh, we'll check out um, what has uh, what what happened on this day in history. And uh, the what are we up to now? 16th of January, nine, yeah, 16th of January, 2024. I'll be back in just a moment and we'll tell you what happened on this day in particular. Do not punish behaviour you wish to see repeated. And husbands do this to their wives a lot too, especially if they're the jealous type. So imagine you have a wife that maybe you uh, you got lucky and you you attracted someone who's a little bit above your caliber, or at least that's what you think. And maybe you're right too, you know? And so she's attractive and you're happy about that in some ways, but what about those other men, you know? And so... You go out one night and she dresses up and she looks pretty damn sharp. And 
you're a little unhappy about that because, you know, what about those other men? And so she asks you how she looks and you take that opportunity to punish her for her beauty. You do that a hundred times. You watch what happens. You think, God, you've let yourself go. It's like, no, I pretty much shaped myself into what you allowed. Yeah, terrible, isn't it? Yep, we can do that. We can do that. We men can do that. We've got to give more praise to um, our lovely wives. Okay, uh, let's have a look and see what happened on this day in history. It's the 16th today. If you're having a birthday, good one. Have a good one today. Happy birthday to you. Uh, so, but in 1941, on this day, the Women's Auxiliary Air Force, the WAAF, was formed to enable the Royal New Zealand Air Force to release more men for active service overseas during World War II. Uh, within 18 months, the authorities also created the Women's Auxiliary Army Corps and the Women's Royal Navy Service. The RAAF contributed to the war effort by easing personnel shortages. Initially, women served as cooks and mess hands and drivers, clerks, equipment assistants, medical orderlies and typists, but by the end of the war they were working in a variety of trades. In April 1941, an initial draft of 200 women, led by Superintendent Kitty Kane, arrived at the RNZAF station in Rongatai in Wellington. RAAF, uh, their service, went on to serve at uh, very major Air Force stations in New Zealand, as well as in Fiji and on Norfolk Island. Women did not hold service ranks until 1942, when the RAAF officially joined the RNZAF. They subsequently held ranks equivalent to those of men, and at its peak, in 1943, the RAAF numbered more than 3,600 women. Approximately 4,750 women passed through its ranks. More than 100 became commissioned officers, mainly in encoding and decoding work and administration. So that's what happened on this day in history. It is uh, 27 minutes to 6, and of course um, you can, uh, let's just hope I have I've got myself together this morning. You've got to get together. Um, you pull it together because things are all over the place again it's just the usual it's um you know they say that if you've got a messy desk uh, you've got a messy mind haven't you and i've got a bit of a messy desk this morning with stuff everywhere but then i'd rather have that than an empty uh, empty desk i think because with an empty desk uh, empty mind so we'll have a look at the newspapers in just a moment it's clearly unjust what the idf has been doing to the palestinians because there's a vast disparity between the number of palestinians being killed and the number of israelis i mean i would the certainly hope that israel is huge. killing more Hamas this isn't a conflict I've... this isn't a conflict this is one-sided ethnic okay, cleansing so, again I'm just asking you, if based on the numbers, more Germans died than Brits in World War II, did that mean that British, the British were wrong in World War II? Because they did. Many more Germans died than Brits. Based on the numbers, did that mean that Britain was wrong in World War II? Britain wasn't bombing civilian... civilians. <laughs> There's a clear yeah, you, should, you, should talk to, you should talk to the people in Dresden, but There's you can't because they're dead. Yeah, I was just going to think, I was just thinking about that. Dresden, she forgot all about that, didn't she? Okay, let's move across to the Otago Daily Times and the latest stories there. I'll just do a quick refresh on it because um, nothing much was happening there for a little while. But hopefully we've got some new news, but I just don't believe it. Worth the wait, former MP, a PM, a Prime Minister, rather, sums up the big day. That was yesterday's news. Golwitz Garaman, she is facing third shoplifting allegations. That's old news now. A missing boat has been found after a man was 24 hours in the ocean. Oh, they found that boat. Well, it's a big boat. But it does look a bit low around the sides. I can see, oh, it's washed up on shore. The missing boat belonging to the man who fell overboard and spent 24 hours floating in the sea off Coromandel Peninsula. 
has today, that was last night, yesterday, been found in Opotiki, nearly 200 kilometres away. And the fifth wave of uh, the COVID uh, pandemic is um, that hits uh, hits highs as government moles ending the rat, free rat testing. <laughs> They're going to charge you for it. Uh, I would say what will happen is when they take away the free rat testing, that the rates will plummet. <laughs> They'll go down. National rates of COVID have uh, surged to their highest level since New Zealand's fifth wave began. Did it, oh, I don't even remember when it began, do you? <laughs> the thinking people wouldn't have a clue. Uh, uh, as the uh, government mulls whether to stop funding the free test. Well, I, I think it would be a good idea if they did. Uh, but you can guarantee if the Labour was in, they certainly wouldn't. They'd be pumping our money into uh, wasting money on testing for uh, whether you've got a cold or not. A US tourist drove on the wrong side of the road for 10 minutes before a crash. An American tourist who's been driving on the wrong side for uh, about 10 minutes before hitting an oncoming car told police uh, it was the side of the road that he was used to driving on. <laughs> and police recruits quit amid an indecent assault. Really, other ones have. An off-duty police officer quit while under an employment investigation after they allegedly indecently assaulted three other recruits. Oh, they must have, because it says... Oh, no, the recruit. I beg your pardon, beg your pardon. And we've got more gun owners, apparently. And this is uh, propaganda to uh, against the gun, you know, you know, the lobbyists that are against um, having, uh, uh, um, you know, rifles and that sort of thing, which is nonsense, really. Uh, we should all have the right to bear arms. Every single human being on the, in the earth has the right to protect themselves. And it's just ridiculous, especially now when the police, are, you know, you ring them up. And I've had friends that, that, have, that have had um, situations happen and the police just don't even turn up. Uh, Firearms. Owners, particularly those in the su- in the southern and in Canterbury area uh, police districts, they lead the way when it comes to registering their guns. This is just uh, basically just an ad for uh, getting rid of the guns, disarming the population. Luxon is meeting with the Maori King. He's meeting with him before the big national hui. Christopher Luxon is going to meet the uh, Kingi. To Tia, I think. Oh gosh, I messed that one up. Never mind. Sorry about that. Whereabouts is the Hui? Don't know. They're having a national Hui. They normally do that. And don't they meet with Ratner as well? Then some people say conspiracy theorists here in this country. They say I've got to meet with. Um, they have to. The government has to go and meet with the Ratner to get permission to govern. I, I just think that's a nonsense. But they do, they do. Maura Ardern, a former Prime Minister, Chris Hipkins, is one of the many well-known faces at the Jacinda Ardern and Clark Gayford Hawke's Bay wedding. Hey, he didn't go to his own member. Um, he was having a wedding on the same day, unless he went and got to see both of them, don't know. And that was, um, what's his name? Mucklemolty. I never know how to pronounce his name, but I'm not very good at pronouncing things anyway. Um, one dead and five hurt in a Canterbury crash. One person has died after, and five people injured following the crash. Better just zip on in onto that because I don't recall that one. Uh, that police said that they were called to a two-vehicle crash at Castle Hill. Is that where that Castle Hill station is on the yeah, west coast? Just before uh, ten to five last night, one person died at the scene. Three other people suffered serious injuries, and uh, the two others suffered minor and moderate injuries. The road's since been reopened and the serious crash unit is uh, in attendance. Okay, and a man set fire to the Waimati home. This is in the South Island as well. Uh, home knowing that it was a danger. Police have said that the man set fire to his Waimati home. Uh, I better just put it on that one too because they've just repeated the headline again. So uh, there we are. It looks like a uh, it looks like quite a nice old house actually. Gosh, why would you set that light? That would go up like pretty quickly. Uh, 
it's so old, it looks like an, a sort of a late 19th century uh, two-storey home, like quite a substantial home. This is in Waimati. Houses are very cheap there too. Um, I don't think the soil's all that good there in Waimati, as far as I know. And from memory, when I was looking at farms down there, it didn't seem to be that great for farming, Waimati, but I could be wrong. It might have just been the one I was looking at. Uh, a man set fire to his Waimati home, knowing that lives would be in danger following a family harm attack, according to police. Emergency services arrived at the large two-storey, yes, McNamara home property at 10 to 1 uh, yesterday, that wasn't yesterday, the day before actually, to find the top storey, that's right, and also there was one in Blenheim as well, a couple of fires there. Uh, it was well alight and also discovered two people with critical and serious injuries. A police spokesman said that the man aged in his 30s was taken into custody without uh, incident and received treatment at hospital for an injury to his head. He has since been charged with wounding uh, with intent to cause grievous bodily harm and willful, willfully setting fire to a property, knowing that danger to life was likely to ensure. Uh, he was due to appear in the Timaru District Court yesterday. Uh, fire and Emergency New Zealand returned to the scene with three fire appliances, uh, that was yesterday, after smoke started billowing out of the collapsed roof. Yes, and it takes a while to get those old ones out, doesn't it? Uh, especially if they're smouldering away there. Uh, fire was uh, at the historic homestead called Belvoir, uh, Belvoir House. All fire football, uh, fighters were made to sign in with police, and they were now entering a crime scene. Oh, yeah, right. And police were uh, inspecting the site with a drone as well. Fire investigators said that it could not, they can't comment on, on the cause of the fire. Obviously, just let by him. Well, we don't know. It'll come out in the court, I suppose. And uh, so that, uh, that story there took four tankers and four trucks. They attended the blaze yesterday. With that, that's with the flare-up, I suppose. Um, 17 minutes to six, and uh, what else have we got? More news on Garama. Um, yes, Garama back in New Zealand amid shoplifting claims. Green Party MP, Goldwitz Garama, has returned to New Zealand. This is old. Okay, so now we're getting into the day, day before. That's the Otago Daily Times. I'll be back with a minute and see in just a moment and see what RNZ have got store, in store for us. Don't say things you don't mean, and don't go along with things you don't agree with. I told my kids when they went to school, look, kids, Follow the rules, but don't follow stupid rules. Who decides if they're stupid? Well, that's a hard question because most of the time you should follow the rules. But now and then the rules get pathological and, and you have to stand up. He said, if you're going to stand up and break a rule, think about it and you have to be willing to take the consequences. But there's consequences to not standing up to stupid rules too. Mm. And if you think that those consequences are lesser, then you suffer from the delusion that there's an easy path through life. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, gosh, we're a bit slow this morning, aren't we? Uh, 16 minutes to 5, 16 to 5. We're over rnz.co.nz, Radio New Zealand, and departing council boss on the high and lows of all cons the all-consuming job. After six years in the incredibly stimulating role, Janine Dowding is uh, handing in the reins over at the end, well, she's handing them at the end of the month. Uh, you can go and, that's a f big, long story. You can go and have a look at that uh, a little bit later on in your day if you want, if you feel like going to rnz.co.nz. And cops comes a cropper tackling a sheep. A police officer needed medical attention after attempting to contain three escapees, escape sheep on West Point, uh, Westport. That was on Saturday evening. And we've heard, of course, we've got that boat. It was uh, 170 to 200 kilometres away, found on the Podiki. 
uh, the boat where the guy was in the water for uh, 24 hours. A newborn giraffe at Auckland Zoo tops 1.7 metres tall. Just a newborn. Wow, that's pretty big, isn't it? Um, wow. In New Zealand, health's incredibly gone. What in New Zealand, uh, health New Zealand's credibility, although they're not calling it the um, Maori name now, uh, the credibility is gone after repeated promises to, to Reefton, according to a councillor, a democracy, a local democracy reporter there. And uh, New Zealand, Health New Zealand West Coast says it intends to restore Reefton's health services including reopening the Zeman House aged care wing. And another story here for RNZ. We'll just look, go through and look at the headings, and then we'll come back to them if we get time and um, have a look at them in a wee bit more depth. Uh, we don't usually get penguins wandering into our forecourt. The Omaru service station it did not give a young penguin uh, an icy reception, but, uh, but after it waddled into the store, what happened then? Oh, hello, nice little penguin. Now, not everyone's having a lovely summer holiday. Apparently, the women's refuge aren't doing so well in crime. And it's been a busy summer season for the uh, police and crisis uh, intervention teams, helping women and children living with violence in unsafe homes. And it goes, it cuts both ways, actually, but they don't really report on that. But it certainly does. I, I know that from, from uh, people that I know that are in, in uh, helping in these situations. Um, I think about one third... Uh, one third of the situations are actually uh, violence instigated by the women in the home. and But they never report on that. I, I don't know why. As well as the war on men, isn't there? Uh, thunderstorm warnings for the North Island as Met Service. They've um, said that localised downpours of up to 40 millimetres an hour may affect some areas. That was from late last night. And so hopefully it will be eased off a wee bit in Northland for you in the morning. COVID-19 update and 8,040 new cases, 324 people in hospital. Uh, and there were a year, that's not so good. Auckland housebound, um, household rather threatened by two men with a firearm. Uh, better zip in and have a look at that, see what's going on with that one. Uh, the Auckland household has been threatened by two men with a firearm on Monday. Uh, police say that they were, um, they were altered. <laughs> I don't know why they put that word in there. Police say they were altered to the incident. Altered to the incident <laughs> in Otahuhu. At around about 1pm in the afternoon yesterday, two men threatened people at the address. One was holding a firearm. Uh, the men fled the scene before police arrived and they'd been pursued by the police eagle helicopter. Police said no one was injured and inquiries are ongoing. So nothing nothing too, um, too, no, nothing too out of the ordinary for Auckland. Wastewater spills into Queenstown Swamp from treatment plants. See, this is all sort of council stuff. You know, they cause... Councils often are the ones that are the biggest culprits when it comes to pollution, and they never get fined. They don't have to pay um, fines, do they? Uh, crews are urgently trying to fix an overflow of the partially treated wastewater that has entered a Queenstown swamp. No wonder they've got... No wonder they had E. coli in the water. Remember people had to boil the water for ages in Queenstown late last year? Um, yeah. What a waste. Residents on the scrapped light rail budget, they're pretty upset. Auckland locals and in some suburbs where they're hoping to have the light rail, they missed out on being connected to the city by light rail, are divided by, about the um, cancellation. Well, I just think it's a big waste of money. And what a waste of money for something that was so illy thought out 
Um, that is um, the Labour Party for you. And the trio, of course, they've been accused of the murder and granted interim name suppression. That's um, of that young fellow, Jaden Manfredos Nier. His body uh, has, remi- rather, they've been remanded in custody. He was the one where the body was found in the house. They've been remanded in custody during their first court appearance. I don't know where they'll be. Will they be Mount Eden? I don't know. Uh, tenants find neighbour hiding in the ceiling cavity. Good grief. Tenants find the neighbour. What was he doing up there? Uh, he installed a camera. Oh, oh no. After a washing machine delivered to his home was stolen. But his problems were just beginning. Oh, man. Oh, should we quick, quickly just whip over and have a look at this uh, one here? An Auckland renter who reported 25 incidents involving neighbouring tenants, including finding a person hiding in a ceiling cavity and th- threats of violence is to be compensated. His name is Felino Turner, and his partner moved into the Greyland unit managed by Central West Property Management in April 2023, last year. And the unit was one of three in a converted weatherboard house which shared a common yard. Turner told the Tenancy Tribunal that problems with the tenant at number three and their, that's unit three, and their associates began when they had a washing machine delivered to his, his doorstep the day after his tenancy began. Turner said that he saw the, the man, the washing machine, uh, and it rolled into unit three. Turner inv- involved the police. What? Well, Turner said he saw a man take the washing machine and roll it into unit three. Oh, okay, stole it. Uh, he got the police involved. The washing machine was recovered. And then Turner uh, then installed a security camera to monitor his doorstep and in the common area in the front of the unit. On multiple occasions, people were recorded urinating. Oh, gosh, I don't even read all this. It just sounds like what a scummy area they live in. It goes on and on. You can have a look at it. It's over there um, on, um, on the front page, would you believe, of Radio New Zealand. Okay, now, um, Auckland Ferries, they're, they're cancelled to uh, then make room for a cruise ship. Oh, the people will be upset about that. Yes, commuters are frustrated. Nearly 100 ferry trips were cancelled for and delayed, and uh, they worry that the cruise season will worsen the problem. Now, and there we are. So we've got to about the end of that. Apparently 100,000 guns have been put on the firearms registry. It's not very many, is it? Really, 100,000? Oh, I suppose it is a few. Uh, The gun store owner, he believes that licensed firearm owners are yet to register more than a million weapons and uh, in protest against the legislation. Yeah, it's bad legislation. It certainly is bad, bad news. And the summer sun takes a break as the rain moves in. A uh, bout of rain has passed around the country, uh, like a football this week, been all over the place. Uh, we might just pop over to, um, let's see if he's got something new there. That's Philip, I called him Douglas yesterday, that's Philip Duncan. Uh, I don't know if he's got anything new. Yes, he has. Let's uh, let's see what they've got in store for us. He's very good weather forecaster. Meteorologist is uh, Philip Duncan. A series of fronts moving north over the country uh, yesterday, and uh, the remnants of these are lying near the, or over the North Island in the form of a stationary front. Meanwhile, a high pressure has moved in behind it. Uh, for the upper and eastern North Island, expect some cloudy periods today and some showers. Why wrapper stays dry though. Uh, rain this morning for Northern Hawke's Bay and Gisborne across the Northland eases. Uh, across the northern rather eases, and in the west the conditions are drier and the sunnier and even warm temperatures. Highs in the late 20s in uh, inner, inland Waikato, and winds are from the east or southeast but tend onshore this afternoon and in northern Taranaki uh, through to uh, western Waikato. 
The South Island has uh, very nice weather in the west, yes it does, and in the south and in the east north of Otago Peninsula. It's a little bit cloudy, but sun should increase from the afternoon. Our uh, familiar friend, the easterly, freshens up after midday for the Canterbury and the coastal areas of Otago. Temperatures are warmest for inland areas, getting into the mid-20s and highs. Uh, in the late teens and around 20 degrees for coastal spots. So there we are, that's from Philip Duncan. I'll be back in a moment with a wee bit more news for you. It's nine minutes to six. It's my passionate belief that the second most precious thing in life is the right to express yourself freely. The most precious thing in life, I think, is food in your mouth. And the third most precious is a roof over your head. So my concerns are less for myself and more for those more vulnerable because of their lower profile, like the man arrested in Oxford for calling a police horse gay, or the teenager arrested for calling the Church of Scientology a cult, or the cafe owner arrested for displaying passages from the Bible on a TV screen. There we are, that's Rowan Atkinson, isn't he great? Haven't heard from him for a while though. Although we just heard from them then. Uh, Green Party, this is over, we're over at the uh, news, uh, NZ, and the police are investigating the new report of shoplifting after the um, Wellington stores, um, they shot Goldwitz Garamer claim. And um, it is a, is a shock claim, I should say. And serious enough to vacate the law expert on factors that will decide whether Garamer keeps her job. Uh, this is on the front page of News Hub. And in the US, a new poll shows Nikki Haley could beat, beat Biden by more than Trump. Uh, shouldn't imagine so. And in transport, we've been waiting for 10 months. Eastern Line reopened calls for urgent action after the light rail canned. And uh, more COVID news there. Um, the fifth wave hits new highs. And the government's deciding whether they're going to stop the testing, whether they're going to stop charging rather for it. If, if they stop, if they if they take the money away from there, then that the cases will just plummet to nothing. Uh, weddings, at, oh no, James Jacinda Ardern's wedding. Gosh, they're thrashing it, aren't they? Uh, family violence, a busy summer. Yeah, we heard about that. Fishing, a a, requ- a requirement. The latest fishing boats that need cameras on board, they do too, because you know they do naughty things like cut the um, you know catch sharks, and so they don't really want sharks. They get on the long lines, the surface long lines, and uh, they're after tuna, you see, and the shark gets on. It's pretty annoying, so they whip the fins off, so it's not a total waste, and they sell those to the Chinese um, store. He makes shark fin soup. I think it's the Chinese. Uh, Life hacks, they look at that like new homeowner shares amazing shower screen hack using unlikely products. wonder what the unlikely product is. Let's see. Uh, accidentally crack the code to... Uh, cleaning system. So I, like I find with showers, the way to keep them nice is um, as soon as you've finished with your, your shower, you've had it, whip it onto sort of cold, cool cold water, turn it onto cold, and just wash the wall, the wall, you know, the inside wall down, and the glass door, whatever sort of door you've got for your shower. Give it a good uh, rinse down, and then it never gets all scummy and yucky. You just got to make sure you've got there's no soap left on it. That's the worst thing. It sort of seems to sort of ingrain itself into the glass, doesn't it? So, um, what are they doing? Oh, no, can't be bothered. It's, oh, it's to do with the grout, I suppose. There must be a hack there. I, I better, oh, look, we're there. We might as well have a look. Now, can I go there, though? Um, so, talking to popular Facebook group Mums Who Clean, the woman revealed that she had transformed her shower glass using somewhat unlikely product, Long Life Grout Cleaner. Ah, oh, is that what it is? 
I would have thought that would have, oh no, maybe not. Uh, sharing before and after snaps to illustrate that she explained that she made the discovery after accidentally spraying the glass with a product while with this product while scrubbing the shower floor, and the results were almost instant. Oh, that's interesting. So what do they call it? Long life grout cleaner. Hmm. We'll give that a try. Oh, they've got a lot of members over there. Three three hundred and seventy four thousand members. This must be their Facebook page. Long. Now, what are they called again? They're called Facebook group Mums Who Clean. There we are. So you get over to there, ladies, because some of those houses are disgusting, aren't they? They really are. I mean, it's because women are work, going out to work as well. They shouldn't be going out to work. They should be staying at home, making sure the home is nice, and uh, making sure they're there for the kids when they get home. So important to be have your mum there when you come home from work. I mean, really, it's when mums aren't there, when those children come home from work, that's when all the trouble begins. And I can remember when my mum, dad was needing some help going through a bit of a, uh, a tough stage financially. And my mother went to help in the, um, in the business. And um, for, a, for a while there, for a, few, for a few weeks there, I can remember we got in trouble with the neighbours who were throwing fruit at them and at the other neighbours' kids. Not the neighbours themselves, but not the adults, but the kids. And we're having sort of like street little wars. You know, nothing too serious, but, you know, doing it. And then so mum decided, oh, no, I can't do this. So um, you, you can't leave kids on their own. They always get into trouble. Never trust them either, too, the little blighters. You cannot trust them because uh, they will tell you fibs. Uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer, they face off as uh, at the Critics' Choice Awards, which came out on top. Who do you think came out on top? I'm not telling. Uh, but you can go to News Hub and find out for yourself. There we are, the trending stories revealed how many snakes slid past New Zealand border in 2023. And that man with the drone took a wonderful photograph there of it. Look, looks like a, a, one of those uh, great white sharks. But look, at it, it's huge, got big shoulders <laughs> from, the, from the wings on the side of it uh, f- further towards the head. It looks huge, uh, very big indeed. Um, and um, so that's it for them. Gosh, it's a dry old morning for news. Um, moving across to the New Zealand Herald, they've got their top story is uh, Gold Ritz Garama. She faces the third shoplifting allegation in Wellington. It's going to be, be nice for them. And then Jacinda Ardern with Clark Gayford, uh, 1.7 million followers. What's that? Worth the wait. Jacinda Ardern sums up the wedding day. Joy to her, 1.7. And, and anyone that wrote anything mean didn't, didn't show up. It was all glowing. Uh, and, and people even commented on that and said, you know, what do they do with the ones that aren't so good? Um, those comments that was all flowing and lovely. And, you know, so obviously they've got yes, full time people with 1.7 million followers. I would say that's huge, isn't it? That's flipping huge. They must she must have a team of people there looking after her um, social media. Uh, And the winners and losers of the Razor stumbles out of blocks at the ABs, the All Blacks coach. What? As All Blacks coach, what? I'll click on it then. Wonder if they'll let me read it. I don't think there's a paywall with these guys, are they? It's just so. It is. Oh, what are we on? The Herald? Oh, we're over at the Herald. Sorry. Yes, your paywall. Uh, So that's no good. I don't even know why I bother with the Herald. I might just close that tab altogether because it's a bit of a waste of time. Now we'll go and have a look at stuff and just before the news coming up at uh, 6 o'clock. Yes, we've got news. Uh, young girls outwitted a kidnapper who used a screwdriver to threaten them, apparently. Adam Waddell was on a bike and had a pillow wrapped around his handlebars as he followed the girls, he asks them questions. E, yeah, I didn't feel safe. A tenant found the neighbour hiding in the ceiling. We had that story as well over there. They put a CCTV 
TV camera up and found him. Wellington winds forced the Air New Zealand flight to divert to Christchurch. A flight from Auckland to, was unable to land at the capital because of the wind shear, a sudden change in the speed or direction of the wind. A Kiwi Bank cuts home loan rates. A drop includes the popular two-year rate. And Prime Minister meets with the Maori King days before the National Hui. Uh, King Tui... Oh, gosh, a bit of a crack of this. Tu, uh, tui... Tuiita... Tuiitia, there we are. Putala, putatao. Oh, no, you've got to be joking, there's more. Uh, T. Fedo Fedo Seventh met with <laughs> Prime Minister Chris Luxon. Kingy, <laughs> Kingy, Kingy met with Luxy. Uh, it's the, the married development minister, Tama Potaka, on Monday. And a person was killed in a workplace incident at Abbey Caves in Huangarei. Oh, really, a workplace at Abbey Caves? What are they doing out there? Maybe they're... Um, because I do think Abbey Caves, yeah, that's um, I I lived on not far up from there, on that road, Mountfield Road. Person's been killed in the workplace incident at Abbey Caves. The incident on Abbey Caves Road was reported to police shortly before one o'clock yesterday. Uh, we've got news coming up in just a moment, so we'll move across to TNT Radio News, and we'll pick up their news right now. To hear a replay of this hour, go to episodes at tntradio.live. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. A deadly Arctic blast will continue sweeping across the U.S. on Monday and linger through at least midweek subjecting nearly 100 million Americans to weather warnings while prolonging a bitter cold that has killed four people already, including an Oregon woman who died when a fire spread from an open flame stove after a tree fell onto her RV. In the Dakotas of Montana, forecasters predict a wind chill of minus 70, which can cause frostbite almost instantly. Officials have implored members of the public to remain home. Similar temperatures will be felt from the northern Rockies all the way to Kansas. In the northeast, blinding snow has brought the region to an almost standstill. In Buffalo, New York, where snowfall of one to two feet was forecast, severe conditions saw thunder snow, a bizarre phenomenon in which thunder and lightning occurred during a snowstorm. Alexei Tarasenko, commander of Kiev's 5th Assault Brigade, has disclosed that the average age of soldiers in the Ukrainian army exceeds 40 years, highlighting the military's urgent need for younger recruits. In his conversation with Espresso TV, Tarasenko expressed his bewilderment over doubts regarding the necessity for further mobilization. He stressed that many military units are facing critical personnel shortages, with the majority of recruits being older men with various associated with issues. Tarasenko emphasized the dire need for younger people in the military, noting that many who joined at the start of the conflict are no longer serving. This statement aligns with the Ukrainian parliament's request for additional revisions to a controversial bill aimed at lowering the maximum draft age from 27 to 25, tightening deferral limitations, and increasing penalties for draft evasion. Despite concerns about potential constitutional violations and corruption risks within the bill, the urgent need for replenishment of forces remains a pressing issue. President Volodymyr Zelensky previously indicated the Army's request for the mobilization of 450,000 to 500,000 people. However, Valery Zeluzhny, Ukraine's top general, refuted claims to specifying a number for new recruits. 
The Ukrainian authorities are contemplating various strategies to address battlefield losses, including electronic call-up papers and potentially conscripting women. Dr. Anthony Fauci is retired as director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, but GOP Senator Rand Paul continues to accuse him of mishandling the COVID-19 pandemic and making the worst decision ever made by a public health official in the history of time. In an interview this weekend, Paul called for Fauci to go to prison for his actions. He holds Fauci responsible for funding research at China's Wuhan Institute of Virology that may have triggered the outbreak. Paul said for his dishonesty, frankly, he should go to prison. Do you think the scientific knowledge that was gained from this research was worth the deaths of 20 million people? The Government Accountability Office issued a report in June 2023 stating that the National Institute of Health had contributed over $1.4 million to Chinese research institutions, including the Wuhan Institute of Virology, despite serious biosafety concerns. Fauci had previously denied funding risky gain-of-function research at the lab. Fauci, the White House's medical advisor during the pandemic, last week testified privately before the House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic and faced criticism for his lack of recall regarding decisions or circumstances during the early days of the outbreak. Senator Rand Paul announced Friday that when it comes to the 2024 presidential campaign, he doesn't have a first choice so far, but he wants you to know that he is never Nikki. I think Vivek Ramaswamy has been an important voice. Also, have listened to and met with the independent Bobby Kennedy. I'm not yet ready to make a decision, but I am ready to make a decision on someone who I cannot support. So I'm announcing this morning that I'm never Nikki. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour. This has been James O'Neill for TNT. TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at TNTradio.live. Muslims do not love other Muslims. They have no love for them. They have no love for the Palestinian peoples. None. If they had any, the Jordanians would have taken in the West Bank Palestinians. The Egyptians would have taken in the, 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 the territory they used to run, the Gaza and own the Gaza, and they would have taken in the Palestinians from the Gaza. Why have the Egyptians made sure that not one uh, Palestinian is allowed to leave Gaza? Why, why do they make sure that their border wall is tough as anything? What do they mind? One thing, Jews living. Jews living and Jews winning. It hits them deep in their soul, in their psyche. It's an ancient, ancient hatred perhaps the most ancient among the monotheisms, and uh, the deepest and the ugliest, the nastiest, and the one that has been least addressed. And we've imported... And now, wireless weather. It's six minutes past six. Good morning to you. And the extremes for the whole country, Wonga Ray is the hottest temperature at the moment, right up there, 20 degrees. Actually, not bad for this time of the morning. It's overcast, though. So for those of you that are off-grid up in Northland, it looks like it's going to be a generator day today, or certainly for part of it anyway. The lowest temperature is only two degrees down in Twizel, uh, windiest place, only 26 kilometres of wind, which is, I don't know, what's that, 10 knots in Mahia. Mahia Peninsula on the east coast. The wettest place at the moment, four millimetres of rain falling in Kerikeri. The temperatures right across the main centre, Stewart Island 10 degrees, the Chatham Island has 11 degrees, the 10 degrees in Invercargill, Dunedin 10, Timaru 9, Christchurch 9, 8, I should say. Blenheim has 14, 15 in, uh, 15 in Nelson. Westport's on 10, France Joseph chilled off there, 7 degrees, and Queenstown has dropped right down with this uh, low 
coming over the country, 6 degrees. In the North Island, Wellington 13 degrees, 9 degrees in Masterton. Napier has 15, Taupo and Rotorua on 16 and 17 degrees, Palmerston North 15. Out on the west coast there, New Plymouth 11 degrees, Gisborne's on 18 along with Hamilton, Tauranga 17 degrees this morning and 19 degrees in Auckland, Whangarei and Kaitaia are on 20 and 19 degrees. The short forecast for Northland, Auckland, Coromandel Peninsula, the Bay of Plenty, rain with some heavy falls in the east, easing to isolated showers from the morning. For Gisborne and Hawke's Bay, rain easing to showers this morning. Waikato to Taranaki, including Rotorua and also the central high country. Partly cloudy with areas of fog and a shower or two about Rotorua and Tapo this morning. Isolated showers developing from the afternoon. For Wangadui to Wellington, also for Wairarapa, areas of morning cloud or fog, otherwise fine weather for you. In the South Island, Marlborough, Nelson and Canterbury, areas of cloud clearing in Nelson and Marlborough this morning and Canterbury this afternoon. For Buller and Western, fine weather all day for you. Cold and fine. Otago and Southland, uh, Fjordland as well, mostly fine. Isolated showers about the south coast clearing this morning. And for the Chatham Islands, partly cloudy. Uh, we'll be back and we'll skitter through the newspapers and see what's happening there. It's eight past six. Gaza starts a war to kill as many Israelis as possible. And all you see on the BBC and Sky News, as we see in America on our TV, is dead Gazans. That's all you see. I shudder to think if in World War II, the same media covered World War II, you would have seen far more dead German civilians than dead British civilians. But it takes a very, very frail moral mind to believe that you determine right and wrong by the number of dead. That's what we are told. Look at how many Gazans were killed and how few Israelis. Well, look at how many few, how few Brits were killed and how many more Germans were. Does that make the Germans right in World War II? That's, that's the facile moral thinking that pervades our world. Yes, crazy, isn't it? Nine minutes past six, uh, U.S. military shoots down another Houthi missile fired at American warships. The United States has reported one of its warships patrolling the Red Sea intercepted and shot down a Houthi missile targeting it on Sunday, just days after strikes were launched against the militant group in Yemen. And uh, a show stealing Princess Josephine is the Danish version of uh, Prince Louis. Queen Mary's youngest daughter, Princess Josephine, has many hilarious show-stealing moments on the palace balcony with her older brother reminding her to rein in her behaviour as she excitedly shouted hurrah a body uh, body language expert has claimed uh, Denmark's yes and the Aussie born Princess Mary becomes Denmark's new queen uh, still more on that this is uh, we're going to tell you where we are at skynews.com.au absolutely fabulous uh, paper to, to uh, move around on and they always have a, if, at least a paragraph as well, so you get the gist of what's going on without having to click on every story. Uh, Australian-born Princess Mary has become the Queen of Denmark after her husband, King Frederick X, ascended to the throne in Copenhagen overnight following the abdication of his mother. And there's pictures there, so if you go to... Uh, skynews.com.au you can see those pictures and uh, electric buses um, pulled from London streets after a double decker burst into flames there's a video there of that night vision has shown an electric 
uh, electric double-decker bus engulfed in flames in southwest London, prompting authorities to take EVs off the road altogether. And Queen Marguerite's final words after signing the abdication declaration, King Frederick the Tenth, Frederick, he has ascended to the throne on Sunday after his mother, Queen Marguerite, signed her abdication declaration, and now her final words uttered following that historic moment have been revealed. More so, that encourages you to get over to skynews.co.com rather and .au. A teen has been sentenced to life for carjacking, dragging a 73-year-old grandma to her death. The 18-year-old man has been sentenced to, to life in prison after he dragged the grandmother along the road with her vehicle, uh, with her vehicle, uh, before her arm was severed. Oh gosh! And her clothes ripped off in a horror carjacking. Uh, let's go to the West. They need to hold the Islamic Republic of Iran to account, according to a Liberal senator. Uh, senator Claire Chandler says the West needs to, to do more and do everything that it can uh, to hold the Islamic Republic of Iran to account. So we'll click on that story there. It is a video and we'll see, uh, we'll get it firsthand from skynews.com. Here we go. The first senior visit from the Albanese government to Israel is happening. Penny Wong has left Australia for the region. I was talking before the break to the Shadow Assistant Foreign Affairs Minister. Tasmanian Senator Claire Chandler, appreciate your time. Let's hope we don't have that audio issue. Um, just wanted to, to sort of look at the last 100 days. It's 100 days since that Hamas attack on Israel, on civilians. Is it a bit of a concern that, first of all, 100 days in, we don't know how or when this war will end, and the number of civilian casualties, initially on the Israel side, but now piling up on the Palestinian side. Is the, is the outcome here getting a little bit vague? Oh, look, I don't think anyone anywhere in the world could be looking at the situation in the Middle East at the moment, Tom, and, and not be concerned about all of the things that you have just outlined. 100 days of war is a very long time for all of us watching. I can only imagine how long it has felt for people on the ground in Israel to be uh, having to deal with that sort of anxiety and, and terror for such a long period of time. And, and you're right, it, it is too long. Um, and what we need to be looking at, I think, very carefully here is understanding why this, uh, why this war is occurring and looking at the very prominent role that the Islamic Republic of Iran regime plays in uh, stoking the violence and terror and war that we are seeing in the Middle East. In the coalition, we have for a long time been saying that the Australian government needs to be far clearer and far more impactful in how it deals with this regime. It's always likely or it's easy to have an entry strategy, if you like. The exit strategy always matters a lot more in any war, but that's been particularly the case in the Middle East. So you can understand why the Israeli government doesn't want Hamas to be in power, but what work has been done on what will replace Hamas? And, and would you fear that Palestinians in Gaza now are just going to be more radicalised? My fear, certainly, Tom, is that we need to be looking at the root cause of uh, funding of Hamas and funding of Hezbollah and funding of the Houthis. And like I say, we know that the country that is doing that is the Islamic Republic of Iran regime. So we in the West need to be doing everything that we can to hold that regime to account. Only then do I hope we could see a situation where uh, we don't see these terrorist proxies of that regime spreading violence in the region.
Yeah, she's good, isn't she? Claire Chandler, she's the Liberal Senator and she's the Shadow Minister as well of Foreign Affairs, Shadow Minister of Foreign Affairs. Okay, what are we up to now? Quarter past six. Good morning to you. Hope your morning's going well. And uh, also Donald Trump, he holds the commanding GOP lead in the final Iowa poll. The latest poll ahead of the Iowa caucuses, Donald Trump leads the GOP presidential primary with a commanding 28-point margin. Uh, We've got that story over at Sky News as well. Uh, Here we go. Have a listen to this. Oh, don't tell me. It's one of those ones. <laughs> oh, well, never mind. These things happen. Now, hot air balloon crash kills four and leaves one critically injured. A hot air balloon crashed in the Arizona desert early on Sunday morning, killing four people and leaving another in critical condition. Now, our friend Dennis Hall, he's very expert on um, hot air balloons. He used to have that as a business. I think it was um, government funded as well. He'd go around the schools. Uh, and talk about things. They'd strap the thing down, and kids would hop into the into the basket, and uh, you know he'd tell them all about ballooning. He'd show them how to how to inflate the thing. But he was a great guy, and he also ran the oh, if I think it went for over ten years, the balloon festival in Levin, which was a great place to fly, and that's why Dennis moved to Levin. Uh, So let's go back to global affairs now, international affairs. Uh, Israel not very close to achieving a military objection in their uh, objective, rather, in Gaza. Former Australian ambassador to Lebanon, Ian uh, Parmenter, he says that Israel is not very much closer to achieving their military objectives there and also aren't going to go away. More than 23,000 Palestinians killed in Israel airstrikes. Former Australian ambassador to Lebanon, Ian Parmenter, says the... Uh, Palestinian people aren't going to go away as Israel continues its invasion. Well, it has to. I mean, this guy must be an idiot. In China, uh, they will be severely punished. China threatens Taiwan against independence. Uh, They have... um uh, yes, that is not so good. And the United States pro-Palestinian heckler pummeled by angry Texan at Greg Abbott event. The pro-Palestinian heckler rather was forcibly removed from a room by a, uh, a full <laughs> a room full of Texans on Saturday after attempting to disrupt a speech by the governor, Greg Abbott, and ramp up coercion. China will look to intimidate Taiwan. Australian Strategic Policy Institute senior analyst Dr Malcolm Davis says China will ramp up its coercion against Taiwan after the DPP claim. And uh, they won the election, didn't they? And further news from the United States, uh, she's not... Tough enough, Trump and Haley Jewell on presidential campaign trial. Former US President Donald Trump has blasted Nikki Haley as a potential presidential candidate a day before the Iowa caucus. Really, and what I think she should have done, she should have um, really teamed up with Donald Trump and she could have ended up being the um, number two. Couldn't she? Could be his running mate. Uh, Joe Biden's mental uh, sharpness is a major concern for voters. The new poll has found that 28% of Americans believe President Joe Biden has the mental sharpness uh, uh, so effectively. (laughs) No kidding. No, doesn't say that, does it? Joe Biden has the mental sharpness to effectively serve for another term. Only 28%. I think that's pretty high. (laughs) <laughs> that poll is interesting, isn't it? Uh, and less than 11, uh, at least rather, 11 dead from floods in Brazil. 11 people have died following heavy rain and flooding in Brazil's Rio de Janeiro. Penny Wong, the Australian uh, minister, she travels to the Middle East trying to find a middle ground on the Israeli-Hamas war. Foreign Minister Penny Wong, she left for this uh, visit to the Middle East 
and uh, that happened that's from Australia. So yes, let's let's see see if we've got some news there. We might have a video from them uh, as she travels there. If not, if it's one of those funny ones, I'll just read that story out to you. Well, Penny Wong has departed for the Middle East as tensions in the region continue to rise. She'll visit Jordan as well as Israel and West Bank and the United Arab Emirates too. Let's go live to Olivia Casley. Uh, Olivia, she's barely off the ground though and already facing criticism. Well, Senator Wong is trying to find a middle ground between both sides of this conflict and she's going to continue to walk this diplomatic tightrope as she travels to the Middle East this week as she departed just this morning. And she made some remarks before she left uh, this morning in which she indicated that she's going to continue to condemn Hamas for its actions on October 7, but she's also going to continue to call on Israeli government officials uh, to uh, use caution and spare civilian lives in Gaza. They already are. Agenda is meeting with some of the relatives of those Israeli hostages that were taken on October 7. But she's also going to meet with some of the Palestinian victims of Israeli settler violence in the West Bank. Now, her decision not to visit the southern towns in, of Israel, where which were very much the epicentre of those massacres on October 7, has angered some Israeli government officials as well as the opposition. It's incredibly important on this mission that you get the balance right and it's important for social cohesion back in Australia and I think she should take some extra time and make sure she visits those sites. Then she's had a comprehensive visit. I will be meeting uh, with survivors of that attack uh, as well as families of hostages uh, and uh, that that will be important. Senator Wong's trip comes as tensions have really reached boiling point in the Middle East. On Friday, we saw dozens of strikes from the US and the UK on Houthi targets in Yemen. They've been trying to restore some the commercially important shipping region. Olivia Casley, thank you for the update there. And so she's the skynews.com.au, Sky News um, foreign correspondent, uh, a political correspondent, I should say. Um, okay, entire island of Iceland is made out of volcanoes. I don't know if you knew that. Monash University Associate Professor Olivia Nebel, she says the entire island of Iceland's made out of volcanoes and more residents, they have to evacuate. Over in Tanzania, landslide kills 22 people uh, in the, an illegal gold mine. Uh, in Tasmania, uh, that's Tanzania, I hope I said Tanzania, not Tasmania. Tasmanians react to the royal fairy tale of Queen Mary's ascension. Tasmanians are walking up to the, their very own queen after Hobart-born Mary Donaldson ascended to the Danish throne alongside her husband, King Frederick X. They're walking up to her, what does it say? Uh, Donaldson attended the... Oh, did I say walking? Oh, beg your pardon, waking... <laughs> <laughs> oh, can't you knit? Never mind. We're having a funny morning. Let's have a listen to this story. Tasmanians are waking up to their very own queen after Hobart-born Mary Donaldson ascended the Danish throne alongside her husband, King Frederick. Our reporter Lauren Evans joins us live in Hobart. Lauren, what's the reaction been like down there this morning? 
Holly, Tasmanians are so excited this morning, not only to wake up to a new queen of Denmark, but a new Tasmanian-born queen. So it is really, really special. And I think the locals around here are just really appreciating, you know, how much of a royal fairy tale it essentially is. You know, she was just a young girl from Tasmania and she grew up in Hobart, you know, and she accidentally uh, met the uh, Frederick and, you know, the rest is history and, you know, now the new uh, king and queen of Denmark. So it's pretty amazing. Uh, I did actually speak to a, a man not long ago who actually went to Taruna High School. He was a few years below, but he, he went to the school where Mary Donaldson actually went in her early schooling years and uh, he grew up uh, a couple of streets away from the Donaldson family home and spoke very fondly of Mary and her family. I actually went to school with her. Did you? Yeah. Wow. I know her sisters quite well. Mary was uh, uh, very personable and outgoing and, yeah, a really nice person. She's done it really well and done Taruna and Tasmania uh, very proud. I think she'll be a great queen. Man, he's got some jewellery, I tell you. Holly, I also spoke to locals who were on their morning walk and coffee and some heading to work and uh, wishing Mary uh, all the best. And, uh, yeah, it was, they were really, really excited. Oh, I think it's wonderful. Yes. It's fabulous. What makes it so special? Because oh, she's just Aussie. She's gorgeous too. So, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, no, it's wonderful news, yeah. She's a lovely person, so I'm happy for them both, yeah, yeah. As you would expect, it's definitely a talk of the town at the moment, particularly uh, down here in Hobart. And no, no doubt uh, people will be talking about it throughout the day and for a very long time, uh, particularly here in Hobart and all around the state and in Taruna uh, and all across uh, Australia as well. So great news. It's uh, some great news to start the week and uh, everyone down here really uh, wishing uh, Queen Mary and King Frederick all the best uh, as they ascend to the Danish throne. Holly. Oh, Lauren, I'm Tasmanian at heart and I just feel so, so proud of it, of her. Uh, it's our very own fairy tale. Lauren Evans, thank you so much. There we are. What a wonderful place Hobart is. I didn't realise it was so pretty. Just a fantastic port there. Um, we'll have to go there, won't we? Yes, we will. Now, Hamas admits some hostages may have been killed. Oh, dear. Uh, that's not so good. Five migrants die across the English Channel from France. Uh, they were attempting to cross the English Channel from the northern France area. In Japan, the earthquakes have killed another earthquake, is it? 221 people and 24 remain missing. The death toll from the earthquake, which shocked, rocked Japan, has risen to 221. Oh, OK, that must have been the one that happened last week. Queen Marguerite, she's known for her quirky style. A Sky News host, Caroline DeRusso, she discusses the former Queen of Denmark, Marguerite, with the remembering of her following the uh, remembering of her rather following the abdication and this report from who's it from yeah De Russo, diane she's in the carriage and there is queen nice margaretta waving to the crowds waving to the people that she has been queen for uh for a number of years now and 50. look as you said caroline it's 52. interesting because uh She's 83 years old. Mm. Originally, she had said that she will be queen until the day she dies. And this really came out of nowhere. Some of the people that Julia Bradley has been speaking to over the last few days 
they were genuinely in shock. It was a, a moment in time that stood still for them when she stood up there on January 14 announcing that she would step down from the throne. 52 years after she succeeded her own father, she announced that she was stepping down. Uh, she says that uh, her illness has taken a, a toll on her and she simply cannot go on. But over the years, she's been nicknamed, uh, affectionately known as Daisy or the Ashtray Queen. But they really love her. They do love her. And she's quite quirky. Um, we've seen various photos of her over the years. She's got a very quirky style. Even some of her jewellery that she's worn has been very unusual. She's, she's definitely got that creative side to her, which some might think is a little bit unusual uh, for a monarch and, and particularly one of, of her generation. Um, a, there's a couple of things, I suppose. One, apparently she has a very bad back. And anyone who has suffered from severe back pain will know that it's incredibly debilitating and I think it has taken a significant toll on her. And I suppose the other thing too, there were obviously those rumours late last year um, about a well, potential affair rumours uh, in relation to Crown Princess Frederick and a Mexican socialite. Mm. And, you know, the mind does wonder uh, whether for Queen Margrethe this was a bit of risk management. Mm. You know, if if Frederick is focused on what he needs to be focused on as king, mm. then, um, you know, perhaps that takes sufficient amount of his attention. Yeah, and that's been uh, touted, and, and I do wonder, will it almost overshadow uh, their first 12 months as king and queen? But... A number of uh, Danes that we've spoken to here on Sky News over the last few days, they've basically said it, that they're not even thinking about them because this is a very significant occasion and then they really, really love and respect particularly uh, Queen Mary, Princess Mary, when she becomes uh, queen soon. So this procession is still going on. That is the horse regiment that is uh, following Queen Margarita in that state coach there. The succession, the formal succession, though, Caroline, that won't actually happen until it is formally signed off when they go to the Council of State meeting at Christian Borg Palace. Right. The good news is, though, we are expecting to get our first proper glimpse of Queen Mary when her and King Frederick eventually do step out onto that balcony. He will make a speech. He will address his nation. Uh, and uh, he will also uh, give what's called a royal motto. It's a unique phrase or a word that's chosen by the monarch to reflect their values or ideals, uh, and that will be his chosen motto, and apparently uh, in Danish tradition that is uh, quite a special privilege to have. So this is, a, this is still going. This is expected to go on up until about 1 a.m. Uh, Eastern Daylight Time today, but you can really see it's a little bit... Uh, not as, I guess, the pomp and ceremony that we saw uh, during the King's coronation is not quite there. But this is very traditional for Danes. Correct. And I suppose that's, you know, there are a number of royal families uh, in Europe and, and elsewhere. They, are, they all have their own way of doing things. They all have their own traditions. So they, um, it's, it's difficult to compare them too closely. Again, time to organise is a huge thing. Um, but you can tell that it is totally uh, steeped in tradition. They have their ways of doing this. And, you know, in, in a way, the Scandinavians have that, you know, elegant, traditional, yet very pragmatic sense about them. Mm. And, and you can see the way that that comes out in, in their royalty even. Yeah, absolutely.
There we are. Wonderful story there from uh, Di Russo over there in Denmark reporting. And uh, it's half past six right on the dot. I'll be back in a moment with some more news. We'll have a look at New Zealand news as well. I've heard you the another interview to talk about visit from the, the trap government that Hamas has laid for Israel. Israel's for response obviously has before. been forceful, uh, but there are now thousands dead on in Gaza on that side. What do you mean when you talk about the trap? Because Hamas's intention is to destroy all chances for future peace, it really counted on a very forceful Israeli uh, response. Again, I, I think it should be clear that Israel has not just a right, it has a duty to defend its citizens. So Israel needs to disarm Hamas, but at the same time, um, should be clear that the war is not against the Palestinian people. Uh, if uh, to fall into Hamas's trap is to wage a war against all Palestinians in a way that will make any future reconciliation impossible. Okay, now we're over at, um, where are we, Radio New Zealand, rnz.co.nz. An insult to injury, the uh, Auckland Transport's fares hike. They may drive commuters away, according to a group. Uh, all trips to Auckland Transport will rise an average of 6.2%. In their rates, that story just come through. And library deemed quake-prone, but not at imminent risk. The Hastings War Memorial Library's doors will remain open despite uh, failing to pass a seismic evaluation. And long-line fishing boats, the latest class to need cameras on board. Long-line, uh, that'd be surface long-line, I would think. They are the ones that catch the wonderful albacore, which tastes absolutely delicious. And I was speaking to a fisherman just yesterday, and he's a uh, sport fisherman, and he said that he bleeds his as well. Uh, otherwise, it's kind of a very red meat, and it's just like chicken. He said, "If you, it, I think it's like chicken anyway, but he, he bleeds it straight away. We never used to, actually. Uh, we would just uh, cool them down because they're a warm-blooded fish, the fastest fish in the sea. They would go into these um, plastic drums with filled with salt, salt ice, and uh, to cool down before they're stacked away uh, down into the hold to be brought back to port. And uh, a West Coast uh, police officer he needed medical attention after attempting to contain three escaped sheep in Westport on Saturday evening. And that missing boat, uh, the man that fell overboard, and he spent 24 hours floating in the ocean. Uh, that boat was found 170 kilometres away. Uh, where was it now? Uh, it was off the Coromandel Peninsula is where it went missing. It ended up at East Cape. Uh, that was, gosh, a week, a week later. A newborn giraffe at Auckland Zoo tops 1.7 metres tall. And uh, the Omaru service station didn't give a young penguin a nice reception after it waddled into their store. And not everyone is having a lovely summer holiday. Women's Refuge. Uh, it's been a busy summer for them. Uh, this and a busy busy season for the police as well at the crisis intervention teams and their their teams rather helping women and children living with violence in unsafe homes. A thunderstorm warning for for North the North Island Met Service has uh, localized downpours up to forty millimeters of rain per hour. It may affect some areas from about. Uh, overnight, I would think, and that's probably happening now up there. And uh, COVID update, the um, 8,040 cases, new cases with 324 people in hospital that have tested positive. Doesn't mean to say it's a major. I don't think there's been anyone died from it. Uh, Auckland household threatened by two men with a firearm, an Auckland household there. I'll just quickly give you, uh, see if there's any more updates on that. The Auckland household was threatened by two men with a firearm on Monday. Uh, police say that they were 
uh, called to this uh, altercation, this incident in Otahuhu, at about one o'clock yesterday afternoon. Two men threatened people at the address. One with a, was holding a firearm. Uh, the men fled the scene before police arrived, and they were being pursued by the police Eagle helicopter. Police said no one was injured in the um, uh, in the incident, and uh, a wastewater spill into Queenstown Swamp has threatened the plant. Crews are urgently trying to fix an overflow of the partially treated wastewater that has entered the Queenstown Swamp and residents on the scrap light rail budget blowout. Locals in an Auckland suburb, uh, they're a bit pissed off that they're missing out. I probably shouldn't say pissed off, should I? No, not very professional in the news. Um, they missed out on being connected to the city by light rail, and but they are divided over the cancellation. It was over $200,000 uh, put into that. Uh, there by the last government. Uh, Trio have been accused, of the three people, uh, of the murder of the... And, and they've got interim name suppression. Uh, that's over the death of Jaden Manfredos Nair. Uh, they've been remanded in custody, custody for their first court appearance. And Tenant finds the neighbour hiding in the ceiling cavity. He installed a camera after a washing machine delivered to his home was stolen... Uh, but his problems were just beginning. Gosh, that's just terrible, isn't it? And the blood is boiling. Auckland ferries cancelled to make room for cruise ships. Commuters are frustrated by nearly 100 ferry trips being cancelled and delayed and are worried the cruise season will worsen the problem. And the National-led government has officially cancelled light rail. OK, so that we're getting off to some old news now. Uh, moving across to the Herald and the uh, latest news there, three words Dame Jacinda Ardern used to describe her wedding. Oh, well, we'll... we'll Click on that and see, shall we? What are the three words? Former Prime Minister Dame Jacinda Ardern has taken to social media to describe her recent wedding. Just three words. Dame Jacinda shared a photograph on that down a bit further. Uh, she said it was worth the wait. Worth the wait. That were the three words. Uh, the post has raked up uh, compliments. Yeah, but there's also been some bad stuff there, but they've been deleted straight away. Uh, from over 100,000 people have made likes and 3,000 comments. Uh, and they look very, he looks very handsome there, actually. She looks a bit gaunt, I've got to say. Looks a bit too thin for my liking. I, I like them a wee bit fatter. <laughs> bit, bit of meat on them. And what else have we got with the latest uh, news? Woods, Nottingham Forest, Everton uh, again face a sanction for EPL rule breaches. And while we still have uh, brutal cold snaps, even uh, as the, uh, the earth is, um, warms up the record levels, so they're going to try and sell you on the idea of uh, climate change. You know, why, why that uh, it's not working in their favour, is it? And uh, what have we got here? A requirement. The latest fishing... Oh, that's... They've got cameras on board now. Busy summer for crisis intervention. Yes. And police investigating the report of the shoplifting after Wellington store owner, uh, their shock announcement that Golritz Garama... Uh, have um, she's been up to no good in their store as well. Trending stories, how many snakes slid past the New Zealand border. Good story to read over at newshub.co.nz. And uh, the right of the shallows. The right? Uh, oh, no, right in the shallows. A man launches a drone after a large shark spotted at the busy Coromandel Beach. Why US website is calling Whitaker's one of the worst chocolates. I think we're getting into the uh, scraping the bottom of the barrel now aren't we, for news stories. Let's go over to Stuff, see what they've got up on offer for us. I'll do another quick refresh, and just in case there's something new. Young girls outwitted a kidnapper who used a screwdriver to threaten them. Um, his name, uh, We've got Adam Waddell was on a bike that had a pillow wrapped around the handlebars 
as he followed the girls and asked them questions. Nasty. Gotta lock him up. Uh, I didn't feel safe. A tenant found the neighbour hiding in the ceiling, so they've got the same story. Wellington winds force Air New Zealand flight to divert to Christchurch. They're unable to land at the capital because of the wind shear, a sudden change in the speed or the direction of wind. Uh, Kiwi Bank, they cut their home loan rates. Uh, the Prime Minister meets with the Maori King before the National Hui. And a person's been killed in a workplace incident at Abbey Caves in Northam, uh, Wangarei. And uh, what else have we got? Man faces wounding and arson charges after a fire at a historic home uh, in Canterbury. And the shock power outage in central Napier leaves hundreds without electricity. When was that? I don't recall hearing about that. Um, power outage in central Nap- Napier left them, that was yesterday, left them without power. Two cruise ships in town, shops were unable to make the most of the thousands of tourists that descended on the CBD. And Maria Bush from clothing store Kilt said the shop had been without power since 10.30 yesterday. All of our clothes are New Zealand made, so overseas cruise ships love to come and take them home. I hope it comes back on soon, says Bush. According to the Unison Power Outage Map, uh, those on Thackeray Street, Kennedy Road, Wellesley, uh, Wesley rather, uh, no, well, Wellesley, Wellesley Road, Carlisle Street and Station Road were amongst those affected. An estimated 208 customers were without power from 1040 in the morning through till midday, according to a spokesman for Unison, teams were on site quickly and identified the suspected cable fault. So that they said that they will know more about the uh, cause once the teams have uh, uh, excavated and examined the cable, according to a spokesperson there. Uh, okay, and uh, what else have we got? Other news. Property magnates, luxury yacht is for sale. Only multi-millionaires need inquire. One of the owners says he's selling his, um, because I've gone through uh, the chapter of, this chapter of my life uh, owning a boat, and now it's over. <laughs> Police investigating another Goritz Garama allegation, this time in Wellington. I think it's at Creative. I think it's called Creative yeah, in Wellington. Police uh, said they're investigating shoplifting allegation, seemingly involving Green MP Goritz Garama. Garama. And she also had the um, Justice portfolio as well. Far out. I mean, she's back in the country to face the music. Police seeking two women in relation to an incident in Limp Bizkit show in Auckland. Police want to hear from anyone who saw the incident and witnessed the women being uh, evicted from the Spark Arena. And uh, more on in Wellington now, Wellington, a bit of Wellington news, Heritage Building. No thanks, New Zealand's heritage character is crying out to be preserved, but owners say they're becoming squeezed by insurance rates and regulations. And there's a better work story this summer I was... For a brief moment, John Key's wife. Oh, I, I can't. It's a bit cryptic. I can't really make head nor tail of it without clicking on it. Rubbish price, $19 for five bags, depending on where you buy them. This is Wellington. Uh, those official yellow rubbish bags could be costing you even more than you think. And the Godwits, the flea, a quad bike and car. Uh, it's going to be a tough... It's tough being a godwit. That's bird, isn't it? In Foxton Beach, and it's not much easier for nesting uh, turns, rather in, and why can I? So yeah, I'd say they'll get the cars off the off the beaches. You know, beaches are actually legal roads, too. By the way, because that's how a lot of people got around in the old days, back in the days before we had properly formed roads. Uh, news from Canterbury: property magnates oh, it sells as a luxury boat. A uh, little country that could Nui set a claim to the world's first. The tiny Pacific country is set to 
take uh, to make the international headlines when it becomes the first country to eliminate viral hepatitis from its population. Meteorological drought may develop an interior uh, in South Island. Uh, dry conditions continue. There, if they continue, there could be meteorological drought in South Canterbury as parts of North Otago, according to uh, Niwa. Well, I better click on it because I didn't really make head nor tail of that, did I? A meteorological drought. It could be uh, possible for the in, the interior South Island uh, if uh, current hot conditions continue, according to Niwa. The latest hotspot report issued last week says that the long-term outlook through to early February is for a very dry soil conditions affecting parts of both islands, along with the risk of meteorological droughts to develop the interior South Island. Uh, his name is Seath Carrier. He's the Niwa meteorologist, and he said uh, the forecaster had modelled three scenarios for the next month, one for dry conditions and one for normal and one for wet conditions. If the dry conditions... Oh, gosh, this is just cuckoo land, isn't it? Fairy tale stuff. Um, the dry conditions persist... Uh, there is the potential for a meteorological drought in South Canterbury and parts of North Otago. Doesn't look like a long, drawn-out thing with no rain for weeks or months, he said. Things can change, and it's certainly something we're keeping an eye on. After hot conditions during the weekend, with highs of 34 degrees Celsius, uh, they were recorded in Canterbury and the South Island, um, it would be cool, cooler this week, but there would be a return to hot, gusty weather later in the week. The east and south island will dry out even more in the next week or so, and we'll see those soils moisten uh, deficits increasing, he says. Federated Farmers Mid-Canterbury President David Ackland says farms in the foothills of the uh, Rakaia Gorge and the eastern areas of the Mackenzie Basin were pretty hot. He said he's, uh, it's expected, uh, it's Canterbury, uh, for the, what is it? It's not unexpected, for, it's Canterbury, he said. Uh, for the last three or four years, we've had the opposite and have been completely saturated. So we have to remember how farms in the dry, uh, how to farm in the dry instead of the wet. Yeah, that's true. Farmers were uh, really selling lamb, already rather selling lambs, and they were concerned about the winter crops. He said these restrictions on uh, there's restrictions on a lot of irrigation schemes across the board already. Good weather means that areable guys, areable farmers, I would think, uh, should have a good run at harvesting. But people just have to make good decisions and hopefully we'll get um, get a late drought in March because that's when most of the damage is done. Um, the regions experiencing significant soil moisture deficits were deemed hotspots and persistent hotspot regions had a potential to develop into a drought. The latest Niwa hotspot report said North Island hotspots were currently located in eastern Northland, coastal Manawatu and Wanganui, and the western Wellington area, while in the South Island they were far northern Canterbury, uh, interior South Canterbury and coastal eastern South Island. Abnormally dry conditions were a part of Waikato, and uh, much of the lower North Island with very dry to extremely dry conditions in Wellington. In the South Island, abnormally dry conditions were part of a Tasmanian Nelson, a Tasman rather, <laughs> Tasman Nelson, a Marlborough and Canterbury, Otago, coastal south and Stewart Island. Very dry to extremely dry conditions were lo uh, located in Marlborough, parts of Canterbury, interior Otago and Stewart Island. The report said the current hotspots in Southland 
they could weaken in the next week, while the hotspots in Canterbury would likely strengthen and expand. Uh, yes, uh, it's 14 minutes to 7. And uh, what else have we got here? Crime. A tourist 10-minute drive in the wrong lane caused a crash. Uh, US financial is uh, Brett Wreck. He drove a Brett Wreck with, a, with an other. Uh, drove on the wrong side of a dark and winding road and it caused a crash. Name suppression for three charged with murder of the teen. Three men in their 20s are charged with murdering the Auckland teenager whose body was found this week. Late last week, I think it might have been. Oh, really this week, over the week, I'm not sure. Uh, late last week, I think, uh, they found him. So three have been arrested. They've got name suppression, but they are remanded in custody. And there's still no arrest just three months on from the baby ruse. That's Ruthless Empire's death. And, um, yeah, it was nine months ago that, that uh, fellow, that um, near his name is, Manfredos, uh, Jaden, Nine months ago, it took that long. A dad hits two years on the run. Tom Phillips took his young children away from uh, society two years ago during a critical time in their lives. Uh, you can read that story over at the Waikato Times, and you can find it at stuff.co.nz. Uh, now, um, what else have I got here? There's a big um, 2024 ahead for Hamilton Gardens. Like a seasonal surge of growth, massive changes are coming fast. On the visitor magnet, you can read that story also at the uh, the Times. Row cones are up and business sales are down. Some businesses say they don't know how long they can continue uh, in the Waikato area. Okay, let's uh, let's move somewhere else, shall we? We'll go back to Radio New Zealand and see what they've got on offer. See if there's any news stories with RNZ. You can find them at rnz.co.nz. House prices stall towards the end of 2023, but some markets are still doing better than others according to the latest QV report. Departing council boss on a high, on the rather, on the highs and lows of the all-consuming job after six years in the incredibly stimulating role, Janine Dowding is handing, in the, handing the reins over at the end of this month. And it's appalling that that, that tourist here, someone's writing about this, they say that he, he did, he drove on the road for the wrong side and he said he's just used to driving on, the, on that side of the road. Library deemed a quake-prone but not imminent risk, according to Hastings um, people. Natural disaster there, uh, problems. Uh, Auckland, uh, sorry, not Auckland, uh, Hastings War Memorial Library doors, they're going to remain open, even though it's passed, it's uh, failed rather, it's seismic evaluation. Uh, Green Party apparently were aware of the third allegations of the shoplifting against the Gol- uh, Golritz Garama MP, Member of Parliament for the Greens, and also a Justice Portfolio. Unbelievable, wasn't it? And uh, employers. Uh, employers, workers square off over work, uh, working on a home. Now, let's have a look at that one. Employers and Manufacturers Association say it's seeing disagreements crop up between employers and employees regarding working for home agreements, working for home. Some workers uh, at One New Zealand, that's uh, Vodafone, isn't it, are calling for a tel- the telco to back down on changes to its work-from-home policy. The company is proposing that some call centre workers come into the office three times a week. I don't know why. It could all be done in the homes today. Done in home. They don't need to go to go to work. They don't want to. One, one additional day to their current arrangement. In response, some union workers are working solely from their home over the next 11 days. Employers and Manufacturers Association General Council Paul 
O'Neill said that they were seeing employers who may have been working, rather employees who may have been working from home for one or two days a week and uh, are working well for them. Equally, however, there are employers who found that the settings were no longer working for their business, and that all sort of started over the COVID thing, didn't it? The association was advising businesses that could avoid disputes over working from home by being upfront about expectations at the time of hiring, according to O'Neill. Public sector organisations were more likely to be flexible around working from home arrangements, he said. Okay. Mm, all right, let's see what else we've got happening here. I'll be back in a minute. This is Melanie Phillips. She's a Jewish lady in the UK. She was editor, I think, of The Guardian. Uh, she's retired now, but she's got a lot to say about um, what's happening in the UK with respect to anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism has always been present, always will be present. But in a society which is healthy, it's kept right under the rug. It's kept under control. It's regarded with derision and disdain, it's stigmatised, it's kept down. That's a healthy society. That's a society that wants to live. A society which has turned on itself, which has turned against reason itself, which has turned against decency, is a society where anti-Semitism roars out unchecked. And that's what we have. And that's one of the most One of the single most alarming things, I think, about Western society at the moment, that the anti-Semitism that is engulfing these societies isn't just in itself despicable and awful and dangerous and horrible. It's a signal that this society is going over the cliff. Now, I'd like to know, it's nine minutes to seven, I'd like to know, how how does Hamas know how many people die instantly? I mean, you know... uh, Israel is still figuring out how many, just how many people actually are casualties in the October 7th attack by this um, Islamic terror group uh, and others as well. It's not just Hamas. There was a whole, all of them. Everyone in Gaza, they're terrorists except for the kids. The kids are the, they're the, the innocent victims and all this. And they get educated right from very young age uh, to hate all the Jews, get rid of them, kill all the Jews, then kill the Christians. And then when they're finished with them, they'll come after after the, uh, the atheists. Here in Israel, we had a horrifying massacre of Israelis. And it is, until today, almost a month had passed. And we don't have the exact number of how many people were killed. Hamas is publishing numbers every day. How do they know how many people were killed in each and every attack? How do they know that these were all civilians? The numbers that are coming out of Gaza include the 1,500 terrorists that invaded into Israel and uh, slaughtered our families. The numbers that are coming out of Gaza include the Hamas terrorists that are fighting against the IDF now. Nobody knows what's the numbers exactly, the distinction between civilians and terrorists, how they were killed. Nobody knows, and everybody just view Israel as responsible. And I think it's important to look at the details in this picture for all of us to be capable of defeating terror. Grant Edwards, playing today's best country. Liberty New Zealand Breakfast. The world at five. On 88.1 FM, the wireless. All right, it's seven minutes to seven o'clock and we've got some TNT news coming up for you at seven. Thousands of tractors converge on Berlin as the German farmers, they protest higher taxes. Some 3,000 tractors and 200 trucks and estimated 10,000 people crammed the venue leading to Berlin's Lindenberg Gate. 
for a mass rally, capping a week of protests against the government there. And people we know just gone mad. These Port Moresby residents lost more than their stores last week in the riots, Port Moresby. Uh, they lost everything. One lady lost everything that she'd worked for at Port Moresby riots. Uh, they lost, uh, you know, whole economic and political tensions. They erupted there in that area, and potential threat to Coco's Coco Keeling Islands as a tropical low forecast to develop into a cyclone. The Bureau of Meteorology says there is a possibility of damaging wind gusts of up to 120 kilometres per hour on Wednesday and Thursday, and rainfall will increase as the stream moves closer to the island. A Sydney man allegedly used inside information to win more than $5,500 in Australian for the year bets. Uh, Australian Federated Federal Police alleged that the Collaroy man uh, he was a 47-year-old, was um, given information by the Commonwealth employees when placing the bets between 2017 and 2021 by a Commonwealth employee. OK. And students were told to try logging in later, according to QTAC's maintenance screen appearance on their browser, and others logged in to find a message saying that they, were, they had not applied for any universities. Oh, so they're regretting the little problem there with the universities uh, over there in Australia. Jessica Black has that story. And a child was sexually assaulted along Adelaide railway line in a random attack, court was told. 21-year-old man accused of sexually assaulting a child on the Seafood rail line faces court with uh, police prosecutor describing the alleged attack as random and the victims as being in a severe state of shock. A man pleads guilty to driving into and killing 11-year-old boy at the top end of a car park. The boy was visiting the Northern Territory uh, from interstate with his family. He died after being hit and pinned to the wall by a large ute. Wayne Peter Hunt was driving. And uh, the world's wealthiest could spend $1.5 million a day for 476 years, according to a new report. (laughs) Five men have more than doubled their fortune since 2020 while three of the richest Australians have seen their wealth double at a staggering rate of $1.5 million per hour. That's a lot, isn't it? I think it was Kerry Packer who used to make $168,000 a minute. That's quite a bit. Kerry Packer. I read his book, The Rise and Rise of Kerry Packer, and, uh, yeah, it really influenced me to really get stuck into publishing, and I did with my brother. And uh, then that book there was the, was the, was the spark, and uh, we ended up selling our titles to Kerry Packer, and uh, I, just, I just thought about that the other day. Uh, alleged Bork Street driver pleads not guilty to murder. The man accused of driving dangerously through Melbourne CBD on in September last year in a deadly incident which pedestrians and motorists were struck has pleaded not guilty and will now face trial in the Supreme Court. Former home of Broome Catholic Bishop uh, Christopher Saunders, raided by the police. The police say detectives are in Bourne, uh, in Broome rather, as part of an ongoing investigation into historic child sex offences. Yes, well, the Roman Catholic Church, gosh, the clergy there. Uh, I mean, uh, boy, they, they, they lead that one, don't they? They're way up there in the, in the stakes. Fan cries tears of joy as the former NFL battlers, uh, battlers in three-decade playoff drought. The Detroit Lions have won their first in uh, NFL playoff game since two thousand and uh, ni- sorry, nineteen ninety-two. Uh, to end the longest finals losing streak of American football history. A court sees distressing footage of unprovoked stabbing attack at Perth's Backpacker host, uh, Hostel. 
confronting footage of an unprovoked knife attack uh, inside an East Perth backpacker's hostel, I think it was in the kitchen, uh, is played out to the um, Western Australian Supreme Court as the man responsible uh, argued that he was not of sound mind at the time. Certainly wasn't. Certainly wasn't. But that does it, does that excuse them? Taiwan loses the first ally election uh, post election to Nauru. It goes over to China. Nauru announces it's severing diplomatic relations with Taiwan and will recognise China becoming Taipei's first diplomatic ally to switch to Beijing following the weekend's presidential election. Another blow for Western Australia's nickel boom as um, Ravensthorpe Mine suspends mining. The owner of the Ravens, uh, Ravensthorpe nickel operation in Western Australia's south coast says it will suspend mining and cut 30% of its 420-strong workforce. And wood heater smoke estimated to kill up to 63 in Australian city each year, prompting calls for a national ban. Oh, no, this is just the greenies getting rid of the fire. Because if they control um, all the fuel that you need to keep yourself warm in the winter, uh, with fire, would you say they don't? You can always cut your own or, you know, get wood from wherever. Uh, It's just a way of them being able to meter it. See, they can't meter firewood, but they want to be able to meter that. But anyway, these researchers... uh, they say that there's a call for new wood heaters to be banned from urban areas for uh, existing homes uh, to, and for them to be phased out after their studies show that smoke may be killing... Oh, it's just nonsense. Absolute rubbish. Uh, Queensland government has yet to begin promised 60-day review of the Olympic Games infrastructure. Premier Steve Miles, he's again cast doubt over the future of the Gabba rebuild in Queensland and says uh, a promised 60-day review of Olympic and Paralympic Games infrastructure hasn't started yet. And a fine line, golf wins... Is that how you sound that name? Golf golf, uh, wins the Australian Open scheduling uh, debate after Sabalenka match finishes beyond midnight. While taking uh, the side of her fellow players, Coco Gaff says that she can also understand the pressure Australian Open organisers face when scheduling the night session at Melbourne Park. Iceland's Grindavik volcano erupts, setting fire to homes as Iceland tears itself apart. Uh, houses were set on fire in the Icelandic town of Grindavik, uh, Grindavik after two volcano uh, fissures erupted nearby, and it's the second volcanic eruption of the uh, peninsula in the southwest of Iceland in less than a month. Perth man pleads not guilty after being allegedly caught with $4 million in drugs in Western Australian border. OK, we've got news coming up now for you. It's um, pretty much 7 o'clock, so we'll cross over to TNT Radio News right now. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Fulton County, Georgia District Attorney Fannie Willis, who brought charges against former President Donald Trump on election interference, claims allegations brought against her of having an improper romantic relationship with a prosecutor were made because they're black. Court documents filed earlier this week say Willis hired Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade, her alleged romantic partner, to prosecute Trump and benefited financially from the relationship in the form of lavish vacations the two went on using funds his firm received for working the case. For the first time since the allegations were made, Willis spoke on the matter at the Big Bethel AME Church in Atlanta on Sunday. And when I'm calling out on this nonsense, first thing they say, oh, she gonna play the race part now. But no God, isn't it them who's playing the race part when they only question one? 
Willis has remained silent in public on the matter, though she has still neither confirmed nor denied the allegations brought against her and Wade, who was involved in bringing an indictment against Trump for election interference. A volcano in southwestern Iceland erupted for the second time in less than a month on Sunday, sending lava snaking toward a nearby community and setting at least one home on fire. The eruption, which began just before 8 a.m. local time, came after authorities evacuated the town of Grindavik following a swarm of small earthquakes. Hours later, a second fissure opened near the edge of town and lava crept toward the homes. One resident said, we just watched it on the cameras and there's really nothing else we can do. Grindavik is a town of 3,800 people, about 50 kilometers southwest of Reykjavik, Iceland's capital. The community was previously evacuated in November following a series of earthquakes. Indonesia's Mount Merapi erupted again on Sunday, spewing smoke and ash high into the air, but no casualties were reported. The Merapi Volcano Observation Post in West Sumatra Province recorded an eruption with an ash column about 1,300 meters high from its peak, followed by ash rain. Sprays of ash from the eruption were seen blanketing roads and vehicles in nearby villages. At least 100 residents have been evacuated since Friday, after Indonesian authorities raised the alert level of the volcano from Level 2 to Level 3, or the second highest level on Wednesday. The German government only twice checked where the weapons it had sent abroad in 2023 ended up, Der Spiegel reported on Friday, citing officials. Meanwhile, Berlin's massive military assistance to Kiev was also left unsupervised, with German policymakers relying on assurances from Ukrainian officials. Der Spiegel noted that Berlin had checked the whereabouts of small arms sent to Taiwan in January 2023, and in June it had carried out a similar inspection in Cape Verde. German officials insisted that both on-site inspections meant to make sure that the weapons did not leave the end destination went smoothly. However, regarding the massive commitment to finance the Ukrainian military, there has been no controls whatsoever. German officials reportedly stated that Kiev had assured them that all German weapons would remain in the country, adding that any verification measures must under no circumstances impair Ukraine's effective defense against ongoing Russian aggression. Supporters of President-elect Bernardo Arevalo clashed in Guatemala City with police on Sunday after his inauguration was unexpectedly delayed. Arevalo, a member of the leftist Semilla party, who ran on an anti-corruption platform, received more than 60% of the runoff vote in August of 2023. His swearing-in ceremony was due to begin at 3 p.m. local time on Sunday. The procedure was abruptly suspended by Congress, which is controlled by right-wing parties. People angered by the delaying of the inauguration broke through police barriers and threatened to storm the Parliament building. Police responded by firing volleys of tear gas. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour. This has been James O'Neill for TNT. Scraping together all the news and information you need. It's engaging. At the top and bottom of the hour. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. You know how I stopped getting protesters to my events at university? I held them in the morning. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> no, King A. I'm the Messiah. Yeah, really. Well, as long as you don't want me to get out of bed before noon. 
Uh, the extremes for New Zealand, Wangare is still the highest, dropped a little bit, 19.8. Twizel has warmed up a bit there, 3.1, it's still the lowest. Palmerston North is the windiest place, 30 kilometres of wind at Palmerston North Airport. And Kerikiri has now, well, it was 4 millimetres last hour, now it's 3.2 millimetres of rain per hour. Uh, temperatures right across the country in the main centre, Stewart Island's on 10 degrees along with Invercargill, Dunedin's on 11, Chatham Islands has 12 degrees, Timaru 9 and so is Christchurch. Uh, Queenstown's on 5, across to the west coast, 7 degrees at Franz Joseph, Westport 10 degrees and Nelson's 15, and Blenheim is also 15 degrees. In Wellington 13 degrees, Marsden 11, Napier 16 degrees and out right now along with Palmerston North, and New Plymouth has 11 degrees, Taupo and Rotorua on 16 and 17 degrees. Uh, Gisborne has 18 along with Tauranga and Hamilton and also Auckland and Whangarei 20 degrees, pretty pretty close to it, and Kaiataa sitting on 19 degrees. The short forecast for all New Zealand, valid until midnight tonight. For Northland, Auckland, Coromandel Peninsula, the Bay of Plenty, rain with some heavy falls in the east, easing to isolated showers from morning. Gisborne and Hawke's Bay, rain easing to showers this morning. Waikato to Taranaki, including Rotorua and Central High Country. Cloudy periods, um, light fog and, uh, and a shower or two about Rotorua and Tapo this morning. Isolated showers developing from the afternoon. For Wanganui to Wellington, also for the Wairarapa, areas of morning cloud or fog, otherwise fine for you today. In the South Island, Nelson, Marlborough and Canterbury, areas of cloud clearing in Nelson and Marlborough this morning and then Canterbury this afternoon. For Buller and Westland, fine weather all day. Otago south into Fjordland, mostly fine. Isolated showers from the south coast clearing this morning. And for the Chatham Islands, Partly cloudy. The extended forecast for Wednesday in the North Island, scattered rain, uh, scattered showers in north of Otapo. Cloud in the east, clearing to fine uh, early, uh, partly cloudy elsewhere with the chance of a shower. In the South Island tomorrow, cloudy periods, isolated showers about the inland Canterbury area and inland Otago and also for Southam. Showers developing about the northwestern region of Nelson. On Thursday, the North Island showers becoming widespread, possibly heavy for a time. In the South Island on Thursday, rain and showers north of Hokitika and uh, to Christchurch, possibly heavy, partly cloudy elsewhere with isolated showers. On Friday, on in the north, the partly cloudy with showers clearing north of Taupo and in the east, uh, showers becoming isolated elsewhere. In the South Island on Friday, rain in the west with heavy falls, a few showers in the south, partly cloudy elsewhere with isolated showers. The extended forecast for the Chatham Islands, cloudy periods on Wednesday and Thursday with light winds, mostly cloudy on Friday with a few showers and northerly winds developing. It's nine minutes past seven. What difference is there between Arabs who were on this side of the Jordan and the other side of the Jordan, Arabs in the East Bank and the uh, West of the border of the West Bank, I mean, where, when were Palestinians born? What was, all, what was all this area before the First World War? When Britain got the mandate over Palestine, what was Palestine then? Palestine was then the area between the Mediterranean and the Iraqian border. You say there's no such thing as East and West Bank? No. East and West Bank was Palestine. I'm a Palestinian. From 21 until 48, I carried a Palestinian passport. There was no such thing in this area as Jews and Arabs and Palestinians. There were Jews and Arabs. There we go, 10 past 7, that's Golda Meir. She was the Prime Minister of Israel from 1969 to 1974, I believe. Now we've got the Jolly Heretic. You can catch him on YouTube. Uh, he's talking about Iceland and... Uh, 
what the media there will never tell you. Three young children, one of them aged five, were among five people stabbed in a frenzied knife attack at a school in central Dublin on Thursday. And all the newspapers and all the media in Ireland can talk about is the threat of far-right thugs. It is absolutely amazing, although in many ways predictable, that those that have advocated a policy of bringing numerous uh, immigrants from all over the world into the Republic of Ireland would, would act like this and, and, and project onto basically the, the Irish working class that are deeply unhappy about uh, what has happened. And of course, so they should be. I want to be clear about this. I refer you to a paper called Psychosis um, and Urbanicity, that uh, the information that we have is that the person that in his 50s, the man who was arrested, who did this, was uh, of Algerian origin. Um, and it is suggested that he had some kind of psychotic episode. Well, schizophrenia, uh, according to this paper, is elevated among those of Arab origin uh, in comparison to those of who are native British or whatever it happens to be. We don't need to look into the reasons for this. Uh, there could be all kinds of reasons why, but it is elevated. In addition, one of the things which induces a psychotic episode in a person that has a tendency towards schizophrenia is stress and exclusion. And obviously, if you are a refugee or if you are an asylum seeker or, or whatever it happens to be, you are under a great deal of stress and you will have feelings of exclusion. And so this may induce a psychotic episode. So it seems to me that it is the policies of the government of the Republic of Ireland that have uh, by bringing uh, all of these people in, uh, which have elevated the likelihood of something like this happening. And of course, it has happened. Now, to start talking about the far right or, or, or condemning what the Taoiseach has called the champions of Ireland for their response seems to me to be uh, rather unfair. Obviously, the way these people see it is that their country is being changed beyond recognition in a way which they don't like, in a way which they haven't asked for, uh, a country which until recently was highly nationalistic and was very proud of the fact that it had repelled uh, the British uh, from, from, its, from its land or from, from most of its land. Uh, that, that was the ideology of the Republic of Ireland until very recently. And suddenly these people that have been inculcated with that ideology are being asked to accept a fundamental change in the nature of their country, which has clearly the potential for extremely uh, negative consequences. OK, these are outliers. I'm sure most Algerians that live in the Republic of Ireland are perfectly normal, but you're elevating the likelihood of something like that happening uh, with these policies. Now, you condemn that they are, they are condemned as far right, they are condemned as thugs, but um, uh, what do you think they're going to do in those circumstances if people, if, if you have what was until recently a highly ethnocentric society, then this is going to induce a strongly ethnocentric reaction, a, rea a negative ethnocentric reaction to foreigners and to anybody that is seen to be associated with bringing uh, foreigners into the Republic of Ireland. And so look at what they attack. They attack police cars. Uh, they attack 
a hotel that is supposedly uh, putting up uh, uh, asylum seekers. Uh, they attacked various shops where you could argue that a lot of these shops have been basically promoting uh, the, the woke ideology. They are, they are basically arms of the regime. They are arms of, the, of, the, of, the, of a sort of globalising uh, internationalist regime. And so you can see how people like that who, who aren't particularly intelligent, who aren't particularly, don't have particularly high impulse control, but have high ethnocentrism, ethnocentrism and who are angry are going to take out their fear of the police, of course, again, a symbolic of the state. Of course, they're going to attack those kinds of people. Now, what you can do is you can condemn them as thugs, which is, OK, it's just a judgmental, nasty smear. Uh, they're people that have engaged in violence. Um, or you can condemn them as far right, which is this elastic term where basically anybody that deviates from the, accept, from the accepted path of normality uh, must be reproved by being called far right and thus associated with evil. Or I, I'm, not, you know, I'm not justifying what they're doing, engaging in this disorder, but you can try at least to understand how they feel and why they feel what they feel. And um, you know, it, it, they're, they're sort of Thomas Aquinas country bumpkin wisdom, if you like. And their country bumpkin wisdom is that if you bring in uh, foreigners uh, of, of this kind, it seems to have negative consequences for society. That's their country bumpkin wisdom. And they've been demonstrated to be correct uh, with this. And you know, the data alone would indicate why such things would be more likely to happen, would be, would be of elevated li likelihood to occur. So um, I think it's, um, well, it's not shocking. It's entirely predictable that the Irish establishment will try and project everything onto the, 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 the imaginary far right. Uh, or, or, or what far right seems to be uh, in Ireland at the moment is that you just want to protect Ireland and that you don't particularly like uh, a, a random foreigner going into a school and stabbing children. And if, um, well, if that's, if, if, if that's far right, I'd imagine a lot of Irish people are fairly far right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, before you go, I must tell you that tickets for my Liverpool meetup and for my London Christmas dinner are almost sold out. So don't miss out on the opportunity. Oh, that's a bit old. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. Okay, it's 15 minutes past seven. Let's uh, just, uh, got a new report just coming from News Hub. And uh, Houthi ballistic missile strikes a US cargo ship, according to United States Central Command. The Houthi anti-ship ballistic missile struck a US-owned and operated cargo ship on Monday, according to the um, statement. Uh, the attacks against the Gibraltar Eagle, that's the motor vessel, appeared to be the first time that the Houthis had successfully struck a US-owned and operated ship, raising the stakes in the Red Sea after the US vowed that further Houthi attacks would meet, be met with a response. And it came just days after the US-led coalition carried out strikes against the Iranian-backed rebel group in Yemen and warned more strikes were possible if Houthi attacks continue. The motor vessel Gibraltar Eagle is a Marshall Islands-flagged bulk carrier owned and operated by US-based Eagle Bulk. It sustained minor damage and didn't report any injuries on board, according to Central Command. The ship has continued on its way. In a statement from the Bulk Eagle shipping on Monday, they confirmed that the Gibraltar Eagle had uh, been carrying a cargo of steel products and it was hit by an unidentified projectile roughly 100 miles offshore of the Gulf of Aden, which is a bad place for pirates anyway. A UK Maritime Security Agency said it received a report about the incident. Eagle Bulk Shipping said it was uh, in close contact with all relevant authorities, 
Vessels are advised to trans, uh, transit with caution and report any suspicious activity to the UK MTO, the Maritime Security Agency said. The Houthis have not officially claimed responsibility for the Monday attack uh, on the Gibraltar Eagle. Following a US strikes on Thursday against nearly 30 sites in Houthi-controlled territory in Yemen, more than 150 precision-guided musicians, uh, uh, the Biden administration said, the U.S. will defend its assets and interests in the region. The U.S. tried to portray its strikes as a last resort option following repeated. Don't know why they said that. Tried. This is um. Who I wonder who. I'll just get to the bottom of this and see who actually put this one together. Does it say? Doesn't look like. I'm going to find out where that story came from. But anyway, yeah, early, yes, um, what else have I got there? On Friday, they said that the rebel military spokesman said that they would continue their aggression against commercial shipping in the Red Sea. Oh, they're going to be struck with the UK and US aggression then if that's the case. Um, moving over to RNZ and uh, adding insult to injury, the Auckland um, Transit, I think Auckland Transit, I think it's called that, AT, is it Auckland Transport? Yeah, Transport, I should say. They have all trips on Auckland Transport will see a further 6.2% price rise. And uh, there's a library in Hastings, the War Memorial uh, Library. Its doors are going to remain open, even though they didn't pass their seismic evaluation. Departing council boss on the highs and lows of all-consuming job. After six years in an incredibly stimulating role, Janine Dowding, has, she's handing the reins over at the end of the month. Long-line fishing boats from Tuesday as a new class of fishing boat. They must have cameras fitted to film the catch and release methods. Family court judgment uh, issued by the ministry suspended employee for protected information. The government ministry used information from the family court case to suspend an employee while it investigated, it investigated claims against them, but it did not have permission from the court to do so. And uh, a cop, a policeman, has been he needed some medical attention after attempting to contain three sheep on a, in Westport on Saturday. The missing boat of the man that fell overboard for 24 hours has been found 170 kilometres away. Uh, it went missing off the coast of Coromandel Peninsula and it's been found yesterday, uh, yeah, East Cape, in, um, not far from Wakatani. A newborn giraffe at Auckland Zoo tops 1.7 metres tall and uh, we uh, in Omaru, the service station owner there, they had a penguin waddle into their and they did give them a night didn't get a nice reception they hello give you a bit of fish see if we've got some bait in the freezer for you and um yeah and women's refuge now not everyone's having a lovely summer it's been a busy summer season for police and crisis intervention teams helping people uh, helping women mainly and children living with violence in unsafe homes Thunderstorm warnings for the north. Um, I think that was overnight. Met Service has said that localised downpours of up to 40 millimetres of rain per hour may affect some parts of Northland uh, last night and today. COVID cases are up. Um, 8,040 new cases with 324 people in hospital. Um, that's that. And Auckland household, they were threatened by two men with a firearm. Auckland household's been threatened by these two men on Monday night. Wastewater has been spilling into the Queenstown swamp from the treatment plant. Crews are urgently trying to fix the overflow from partially treated wastewater that's entered the Queenstown swamp. And uh, residents on the scrapping the light rail up in Auckland, some, some locals in uh, Auckland, some of the Auckland suburbs, 
They're a bit annoyed that they're missing out on being connected to the city with light rail. Uh, a trio has been accused of murder and granted interim name suppression while being held in custody of the death of Jaden Manfredos near. Uh, tenants, he found a neighbour hiding in the ceiling of his ca- of um, the ceiling cavity. Uh, he installed a camera uh, after a washing machine was delivered to his home and it was stolen by the neighbour. Uh, and they found that he was actually hiding up in there. And blood is boiling. Auckland ferries cancelled to make room for cruise ships. And commuters are frustrated that nearly 100 ferry trips were cancelled or delayed. And they're worried that the cruise season will worsen the problem. The National led Okay, now that's it. That's it for them. Nothing new uh, is... Oh, hang on. Might have something new here from Radio New Zealand. Let me just check. Um, the British brothers raided Swiss Museum to clear debt. <laughs> Two British brothers have admitted raiding a museum in Switzerland and making off with iconic Chinese Ming Dynasty era artifacts worth millions of dollars in order to clear a debt, according to the court. That's what they'd heard. Ukraine says it shot down a Russian spy plane. Uh, Ukraine's military says it's shot down a Russian military spy plane over the Sea of Azov. Uh, in what analysts, analysts say would be a blow to Moscow's air power. A US-owned ship was hit by a missile. We talked about that earlier with off Yemen, and no, nothing too serious there. Taiwan loses the first rally post-election as Nauru goes over to China. Nauru's government says it will uh, sever diplomatic relations with Taiwan and recognise chi- uh, China, uh, marking Taipei's first diplomatic ally switch to Beijing. And despite after-effects of eruption, the Tongan people remain resilient. Tongans, uh, uh, they say they're resilient after the volcano volcano eruption two years ago. It was not their first disaster, Tonga's Ministry of Health Chief Executive says. And the Pope defends same-sex blessing declaration, uh, says it's mis- he was misunderstood. Pope Francis has suggested those in the Catholic Church who have resisted the declaration have jumped to ugly conclusions because they do not understand it. Uh, any more stories? No, it doesn't look like it. Iowa principal who helped pupils escape gunmen dies from injuries. The prince, uh, principal, or the school principal, I would think, uh, who injured, who was injured during the shooting on the campus in a small Iowan town, uh, he earlier this month died on Sunday. Uh, rather, that was earlier this month. He died on Saturday, according to his family. Iowa caucuses, Republican rivals make the last-ditch bids to cut Trump out. Uh, Donald Trump and the Republicans' uh, rivals are making a last-ditch effort to win support in Iowa. Hours before the vote, uh, the voters in the state will kick off the 2024 race for the White House. And Hamas, uh, they air a video of Israeli hostages, says the disclo- uh, will disclose their fate. Hamas aired video on Sunday shows three Israeli hostages is holding in Gaza, urging their government to stop the offensive against the Palestinian Islamic group, uh, bringing about their release. Marble Bar locals lap up the heat with 26 days straight over 43 degrees. Western Australia, they've built Australia's hottest town, was sweltering all its way through most of the month of temperatures above 43 degrees Celsius. Goodness. And homes catch fire as the lava spills into a town in Iceland. And Ukraine says that China needs a peace process after Davos meeting. China needs to be involved in talks and end the war uh, with Russia. And Ukraine's top representative rather said after a, a high-level diplomatic meeting ahead of the World Economic Forum in Switzerland. And tens of thousands turn out for King Frederick's succession. 
blinking back tears, Denmark's new monarch, told a cheering crowd that he hoped to become a unifying king. And uh, I think we might be... A hundred days since Hamas's attack on Israel triggered the war in Gaza. That was yesterday. And uh, a mass rescue at a Sydney beach. Yeah, no, we're getting on to old news now. Let's uh, let's go over to News Hub. I've done a quick refresh there, and we'll see if we've got some new news. We've only got the Houthis ballistic missile reported uh, strike of a um, uh, cargo ship, but no real damage, I don't think. And police, we know, are investigating a further report of shoplifting after the Wellington store. Uh, that's their shock uh, claim that Goldwitz Garamer was... Um, apparently stealing. Uh, in tennis, the new mum Osaka new mum Osaka falls to French veteran Garcia in the Australian Open on the first round. And Middle East, Hamas said we had that. Uh, football, World, uh, Woods, Nottingham Forest, Everton again face sanctions for EPL rule breaches. And a climate chance, why we still have brutal cold snaps, even as the earth warms to record levels. It's not really record levels. We've had it's just nonsense, really. And New Zealand's f- uh, fifth COVID wave, the hitting new highs. But the government's thinking about um, dropping the rat test, um, you're taking away the um, funding of that. So you'll see those pl- figures plummet because people won't, they won't want to part with their um, Pacific pesos to get tested for a cold. And transport, we've been waiting for 10 months. Eastern line reopens, calls for urgent action after light rail was canned. Uh, that must be Auckland, is it? Mm, let's see. Um, yeah, they've got a report there. Auckland, yeah, Auckland Eastern Line finally reopened on Monday after being closed for maintenance for nearly 10 months. I hope it didn't say years. Um, however, with more closures set the rest of the uh, set for the rest of the network and the Auckland Light Rail project cancelled, campaigners are calling for urgent action to improve the counts of the city's public transport. Meadowbank commuters aren't used to quick waiting times when it comes to using a train. We are very happy. We've been waiting for 10 months, one Auckland resident, Schumer, told the News Hub. Uh, we have to, had, had to take the bus. What's wrong with that? And But she's, she's thrilled that the slow wait times are a thing of the past. Very long journey now, 20 minutes. That's not that long. Not for Auckland. Some people travel a lot longer than that. Uh, you sit in the car, you'll travel an hour. <laughs> you'll be waiting for an hour to get to work. What we used to do uh, when things started to get um, silly with, um, you know, uh, traffic hold-ups uh, in the early hours, we would just say to our staff, and there's no need for them to come in at 9 o'clock, so sometimes they'd start at 10, you know, and work, work a bit later, so they'd miss the morning and afternoon rush. So there we are, that's um, that news uh, with the transport, and um, so the, the latest news to hand, I'll just refresh and we'll have a look at the latest news. A Kiwi Parker confirms next heavyweight title against the Chinese Zhang. And two Palestinian killed women injured 12 in Israeli car rammings, according to local police. A house prices stall across New Zealand. Houthi's ballistic missile reportedly strikes U.S. cargo ship. A new mum Osaka falls to French veteran Garcia in Australian Open's first round. Hamas reveal the fate of three hostages as Israel continues bombing. So those are the top stories at... News Hub, and you can find them at newshub.co.nz. Let's move over to stuff now, and house price growth slows, according to QV data. Rotorua, Queenstown and Tauranga led the house price growth in December quarter, according to new data from them. Young girls outwitted a kidnapper who used a screwdriver to threaten them. 
uh, Adam Waddell was on a bike and had a pillow wrapped around the handlebars. What's all that about? He has uh, followed the girls, but they um, and was asking them questions. Nasty. Uh, I didn't feel safe. A tenant found the neighbour hiding hiding in the ceiling cavity. He installed a security camera after the washing machine was stole, stolen and found a bit more than he was bargaining for. Wellington Wynn forces a New Zealand flight to divert to Christchurch. The flight from Auckland was unable to land at the capital because of wind shear, which is a sudden change in the wind speed direction. Kiwi Bank cuts the home loans. They're going to drop. That's good, isn't it? And the Prime Minister's meeting with the Maori King just days before the National Hui. One person is killed in a workplace incident in Abbey Coves and uh, Caves rather in Wangarei in Northland. And a man faces wounding and arson charges after a house fire in a historic homestead in Canterbury. A property magnate's luxury yacht for sale. Only multi-millionaires need inquire. One of the owners says he's selling up because I've gone through this chapter of my life of owning a boat. It's all over. The little country that could, Nui, set to claim the world's first uh, tiny Pacific uh, country is set to make international headlines when it becomes the first country to eliminate viral hepatitis from its population. And meteorological drought may develop in the interior Southland area. If dry conditions continue, there could be a meteorological drought in South Canterbury and parts of North Otago, according to Niwa. And uh, Amir has no regrets over signing off email with a F-bomb. <laughs> Who's that? Oh, Thames Coromandel District Mayor. Uh, Len Salt. He said, if people to say this is not the language or decorum you expect from a mayor, I would take that criticism on the chin. Uh, police investigating another Gorritz Garama allegation, this time in Wellington. Uh, shoplifting allegations seemingly involving Green Party MP Gorritz Garama. Uh, this time related to the store from last, last October. Uh, more on the um, Jacinda Ardern, her words. She was holding holding a small wedding in Hawke's Bay. The former Prime Minister has taken a moment to celebrate her 1.6 million uh, fo- with them, with her followers. And uh, the words were, she said it was worth the wait. Homelessness is a significant problem. Housing doesn't come easy for some ex-pensioners, uh, ex-pensioners, uh, who were really, uh, no longer pensioners, who were leaving jail with nowhere to go. Oh, I see. Oh, oh, pensioners, you idiot. Sorry about that. Prisoners. The dyslexia is setting in, I think. And that man who was at sea for 24 hours, his boat's been found. It's a 40-foot boat known as Betty G. It was found on Monday by members of the public washed up on a beach near Wakatani. A tourist, he uh, was driving on the wrong side of the road for 10 minutes. It caused an accident. U.S. financial uh, financier Brett Reck, <laughs> good name for him. He drove on the wrong... Sometimes you wonder whether these stories are made up, don't you? Brett, Brett Reck. Um, <laughs> drove on the wrong side of, of a dark and winding road and it caused the crash. Name suppression for those three people charged over the murder of um, that fellow. Still no arrest. That young guy, that I think he went missing in April last year. He turned up last week, found the body. Three have been arrested, name suppression, but they're being held in custody. No arrest, almost three months after Ruthless Empire, that's Baby Roo. And uh, the missing dad, the dad, hits two years on the run, Tom Phillips. He's very good at evading police, isn't he? Took his children away from society two years ago during a critical time in their lives. Yeah, they're about to get ready to give them the jab, probably. That's why I think that he took off with them. And uh, will the government snub the Maori king at the hui? On Saturday, Maoris from across the uh, country will head to Waikato to take part in the hui 
many have deemed needed heading into the new year. Many have deemed needed, okay. And the Greens in defensive mode over Golritz Garama allegations, says the PR pro. A situation has been poorly handled by the Green Party, former political PR journalist Janet Wilson says. And cheer up as just <laughs> cheers up as Jacinda Ardern ties the knot. Yeah, okay, we're getting scraping the bottom of the barrel there too. Um, we'll go to Northland, see what's happening up there. A person has been killed at a workplace incident at Abbey Coves. I think we talked about that. And I think it might involve a truck or machinery of some sort. person dies following the Kaipara crash. A vehicle crashed into a tree on Paroa, uh, Paparoa Oakley Road on Wednesday afternoon. Nasty. And um, the people in the far north, Iwi, called Ra, uh, Ranui, they called a... Uh, sorry... Uh, far north Iwi place a Rahui. What's that? Sort of like a tapu or something. On the 90 mile beach after a body washes ashore. Uh, this comes as a diver was reported missing in Apipara in the far north just two days before Christmas. So they must have found him. A family of young cousins killed in the far north, overwhelmed by support. Sonny, who was six, and Eddie, who was four, died after the vehicle that they were, uh, were in struck a boulder, sending them down a 11-metre deep, uh, deep water hole. Nasty. Is that the one where they were on their grandmother's farm on a quad bike? Uh, yeah, the boy's six-year-old Sonny from Perth and four-year-old Eddie from Auckland had been holidaying with their grandmother at their farm in Perea, the east of uh, Kaitaia, when the utility terrain vehicle... They were in, struck a boulder and careered them down an 11 metre deep waterhole at the Waikaiang, uh, yeah, the Waikai, Waikaianga stream. The accident occurred on the on December 29th uh, in a uh, section of road with no safety barriers. Well, it's not, they're on a farm. The driver and three other passengers in the vehicle escaped with moderate injuries, and an auntie of the boys, she said, she's from Western Australia. Um, yeah, they're getting all set. It's terrible. They have had more than more than eighty three thousand dollars Australian or ninety thousand Kiwis been raised for the first forty eight hours, according to Sanford. That's uh, they said that the family had been overwhelmed by the support, and they felt the immense gratitude. They did feel immense gratitude for the outpouring of kindness and support for their to, that, and help that they've received. That included the response from the local Marae Emergency Services. And the search and rescue, the police dive team, and all those that had donated to the GoFundMe appeal. Every contribution, big or small, would help the family healing uh, and their recovery uh, at this time. Yeah, okay, and um, that is uh, stuff. We're over at stuff. It looks to be it. Okay, it's um, coming up to 24 minutes to 8. TNT Radio News coming up at 8. I'll be back in just a jiffy. Staying across Australia's local news when you're overseas has never been easier. For important headlines, travelling Aussies stream Australia Channel. $6 a month with no lock-in contract. Sign up now for a free week-long trial. The devil is trying to once again prevent the return of Jesus. And how can he do this? Well, when we look in Matthew chapter 23, when Jesus is weeping over Israel after they've rejected him as Messiah, 
he makes an interesting proclamation. He says, you shall not see me again henceforth until you say, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. So the prophetically, Jesus Christ linked his second coming to Israel, acknowledge him as Messiah, as right. Yeshua HaMashiach. Right. And so so where does the Nephilim come into this? Well, the final Nephilim, who I believe is the Antichrist, he's the ultimate deception to try and prevent that from happening. He's going to present himself as Israel's Messiah to, prevent, to, to lure them away and deceive them because if they don't acknowledge Christ, Christ says he won't, they won't see him. He will not return. It's directly linked. And so now this is Satan's final attempt to try to once again stop the coming of Messiah. Why is it that when uh, one of the victims of the music festival, uh, a poor young German Jewish girl, uh, who it seems was was raped and then uh, brutally uh, murdered and taken into the Gaza naked. Why was it that you can find, and anyone can find this online, uh, a crowd of ordinary Gazans, it wasn't a Hamas, it wasn't a Hamas rally, ordinary Gazans uh, uh, spitting on her body, uh, hitting her body, mutilating her body further as it went down the street. Does that strike you, Piers, as a, a placid population of peacenik types who are just desperately waiting for a two-state solution to be put back on the table for the millionth time in the last 70-something years. It doesn't seem like that to me. No, but there are over two million people in Gaza, and there weren't two million people in that video clip. There were a few hundred. So I, I don't like to make... Yeah, well, a few hundred at random. A few hundred at random. And did you see anyone in it saying, hey, guys, stop? No, none whatsoever. Okay, uh, we are back at Radio New Zealand, rnz.co.nz. A video shows chaos at a delivery on Gaza Beach. A huge crowd of people have ran and jostled on the Gaza Beach city as news of a flower delivery has spread. Taiwan loses the first ally post-election to Nauru. It goes to China. Nauru government says it will sever diplomatic relations with Taiwan and recognise China, making Taipei's first diplomatic ally to switch to Beijing following the presidential election. And despite after-effects of eruption, Tongan people remain resilient. Tongans are resilient, and, uh, and the volcano eruption two years ago was not their first disaster, according to Tonga's Ministry of Health Chief Executive. Pope defends same-sex blessing declaration, says it is misunderstood. Pope Francis has suggested those in the Catholic Church who have resisted the declaration have jumped to a, quote, ugly uh, conclusion because they um, they do not understand it. US shoots down a missile from Yemen fired uh, fired at the warship. Another one, a warship. Um, Anti-cruise ship missile fired towards the USS Laboon in the Red Sea was uh, downed off the coast of Hudai... You come up with these names. Uh, According to, um, yeah, they were shot down by a US fighter aircraft. Iowa principal has helped pupils escape gunmen fire dies of injuries. The principal who was injured during the shooting on the campus in a small town in Iowa earlier this month died on Sunday according to his family, and the Iowa caucuses Republican rivals make last-ditch bid to cut Trump's lead. Donald Trump and his Republican rivals are making last-ditch pitches to win support in Iowa, hours before the voters in the state will kick off the 2024 race for the White House. And Hamas uh, airs a video of Israeli hostages. They said that they will disclose their fate. Hamas aired the video on Sunday, showing three Israeli hostages it's holding in Gaza, urging their government to stop the offensive against the Palestinian Islamic group and bring 
there about their release. And the Marble Bar, local, the Marble Bar, that's in, the, in England, oh no, West, in Western Australia. Uh, the locals lap up the heat with 26 days straight over 43 degrees Celsius. A remote town in northern Western Australia, billed as Australia's hottest town, has uh, just is sweltered for just about uh, all the way through the, most of the month with temperatures above 43 degrees uh, Yes, 43 degrees. Homes are catching fire as the lava spills into a town in Iceland. And Ukraine says China need, needed for peace process after Davos meeting. China needs to be involved in talks to end the war with Russia, according to Ukraine's top representative. Uh, he has a high diplomatic meeting ahead of the World Economic Forum meeting in Davos. We're coming up to news time. Uh, oh, no, we're not. We're miles away from news. What am I talking about? I thought, it, I thought it was news time, but no, it's certainly not. I'll be back in a moment with uh, a wee bit more news from around the town. It's a bit repetitive, sorry about that, but um, hopefully there'll be some fresh stuff. But it's because, probably because I start too early and everyone's asleep when I, when I start. You'll see this tendency for women to, and I hear older women talk about this too. I just want to do something for myself. And it's funny because when men do selfless things, they're a lot less narcissistic with it. And they don't look at it as a burden. They look at it as a duty. Where when women tend to do things like for the family, they look at it as a detriment. They hold resentment to the people that hold back their decision. March 1799, Palestine. General Napoleon Bonaparte's French troops take the city of Jaffa in a bloody assault. That evening, French troops slaughter and pillage without mercy. An army doctor wrote, Soldiers cut the throats of men and women, the old and young, Christians and Turks. Over the next few days, 3,000 Ottoman prisoners who'd been promised their lives were taken to the beach and massacred. French soldiers used bayonets to save ammunition. Napoleon's defense? He could not spare the men to guard so many prisoners. Some had been captured before and broken oaths not to fight France again. He could not feed them. There was no formal concept of war crimes in the 18th century, but Napoleon's orders at Jaffa were a lingering stain on his reputation, vigorously exploited by his enemies. Okay, 16 minutes to 8, and you're at the World at 5 with me, Grant Edwards, here at the Wireless, and uh, this is uh, brought to you by the Liberty NZ podcast. You can catch that over at Podbean or Spotify or any of the others. I think we might have a chance of getting back on iHeart too, so that'll be good, won't it? Now let's go over to AP News. You'll find them at apnews.com, and we'll look at their world news. And in Belarus, political prisoner dies after... Authorities failed to provide him with medical care, according to a group. Soccer player returns to warm welcome in Israel following detention in Turkey. And the world could get its first trillionaire within 10 years, anti-poverty group Oxfam says. Iceland faces daunting period after lava from volcanic uh, volcano rather destroys homes in a fishing town, according to the president. And that's Europe moving across to Asia now and use their Nauru switches diplomatic recognition from Taiwan to China. North Korea says it tested a solid fuel missile tipped with a hypersonic weapon. North Korean foreign minister visits Moscow to talks uh, for talks uh, as concerns grow over the alleged arms deal. U.S. delegation pra- delegation praises Taiwan's democracy after pro-independence presidential candidate wins the election. Looking at Latin America now, and Bernardo 
Abervalo. He faces huge challenges after the, the finally being sworn in as the Guatemalan president. In Brazil, Rio de Janeiro state confronts flood damage after heavy rain kills at least 11 people. And Nicaragua says it's released Bishop uh, Rolando Alvarez uh, and 18 priests from prison. A Pope says he hopes to keep promises to visit native Argentina for the first time since becoming the pontiff. Uh, looking at the Middle East and Rishi Sunak, the British Prime Minister, he defends the decision for the UK to join the US limited strikes on Yemen Houthis. UK government says the Islamic uh, group uh, his to Tabarir, I think it is, something like that, uh, is uh, anti-Semitic and moves to ban it. And Tunisia commemorates anniversary of the 2011 revolution. Opposition describes, uh, decries rather, democratic backsliding. Iran sentences a prisoned, uh, imprisoned Nobel laureate, Nagez Mohammadi, uh, to an additional prison term. That doesn't sound so good, does it? And in Africa, uh, Africa's biggest oil refiner begins production in Nigeria with the aim of reducing needed imports. Tropical cyclone Bilal hits the French Iceland of Reunion. The Reunion Islands nearby Mauritius is also on the on alert. And ships and aircraft search for two Navy SEALs missing after a mission to confiscate Iranian missile parts. In Uganda, refugees need... Uh, for wood ravaged forest now they work to restore it there's a story you may need to go and actually read that to get just to that one and uh, Indian Ocean uh, Island nation of uh, Comoros votes for president in the African uh, in Africa's first election in 2024 US News and MLK Jr. holiday celebrations are planned across the nation but winter storm is limiting some. A dangerous Arctic blast is threatening to disrupt the Iowa caucuses and the uh, NFL playoff game. Austin is uh, they've is released from hospital after complications from prostate cancer surgery he kept secret. And the fake 9-11 report of fire at the White House triggers emergency response while Biden is at Camp David. Iowa principals who risk his life, to, or principal rather, who risked his life to protect students during a high school shooting last month has died of his injuries. And uh, that is it for AP News, I think. Uh, more news. Oh, here we go. Uh, more CEOs fear their companies won't survive 10 years as AI and climate change grows, according to a survey. More executives are feeling better about the global economy, but a growing number don't think their companies will survive the coming decade without a major overhaul because of pressure from climate change and technology like artificial intelligence. Philippine president congratulates Taiwan's president-elect, strongly opposed by China, Philippine President Fernand, uh, Ferdinand Marcos, uh, yes, Jr., has congratulated the winner of Taiwan's presidential election, Lai Ching-Ti, who has been strongly opposed by China, uh, saying in a statement that he looks forward to close collaboration. Then the Arakan Army Resistance Force says it's taken control of a strategic township in western Myanmar, which is Burma, a powerful ethnic armed group fighting Myanmar's military is based in the country's western state of Rakhine. It says it's seized a township bordering India and Bangladesh. 
Hamas fights with the patchwork of weapons built by Iran, China and Russia, also North Korea. Iranian sniper fires an AK-47 uh, from uh, AK-47s from China. They build them there now, do they? And Russia, North Korean built rockets, propelled grenades, anti-tank rockets secretly cobbled together in Gaza. An Associated Press an analysis of more than 150 videos and photos taken in the three months to combat since Hamas launched its October 7th surprise attack. Campaign began in Pakistan as a party of imprisoned former leader alleges election rigging. Former party uh, of the former three-time Pakistani Prime Minister Nawaz Sharif has officially launched its general election campaign with a rally in the Punjab province. And Romanian truck drivers and farmers protest as talks with the government fail to reach an agreement. Romanian truck drivers and farmers are protesting again across the country, uh, again as negotiations with the coalition government over lower taxes, higher subsidies and other demands fail to reach any agreements. Turkish strikes on infrastructure facilities wound 10 people, cut off power in areas in northeast Syria. Did I say Turkish? Yes, it is Turkish. Kurdish-led authorities in northwestern Syria say Turkish strikes have targeted dozens of infrastructure facilities, wounding 10 people and cutting off electricity and water supplies in wide areas held by the United States. And Armani casts an arresting gaze on Milan, uh, the runway menswear collection. Uh, this is uh, Fashion News. <laughs> Milan Fashion Week of menswear pre- previews for the next cold weather season closed on Monday with Amani and Zegna, the A to Z of Italian men's fashion. And you can see some photos of the rare uh, pygmy hippo that could save its species. The rare male pygmy hippopotamus born in the Czech Zoo has debuted its first photo shoot to the delight of spectators, and you can see that at apnews.com. Uh, Pope acknowledges the resistance to the same-sex blessing, but doubles down. The Lord blesses everyone. Well, not according to my Bible. <laughs> it doesn't say that. Uh, it says those who bless uh, the uh, the Jews, God will bless, and those who curse, God will curse. Um, it says uh, in um, Psalms 5.5, 5, God is angry with the wicked every day. And it says in Psalms 11 to 711 uh, that God hatest all those that work iniquity. So you're wrong on that, Popey. You need to read your Bible. You might need a Protestant Bible. Good old King James is what you need. Uh, a Cambodian court that convicts activists for teaching about class differences suspends their jail term. Uh, a court in Cambodia has convicted four uh, land rights activists of plotting to provoke a peasant re- <laughs> Revolution by teaching farmers about class division and has given them five-year suspended prison terms. Kosovo remembers 45 people killed in 1999 and denounces Serbia for not apologising. Hundreds of people have gathered in a village in South Kosovo to commemorate the 25th anniversary of the mass killing of the 45 ethnic Albanians by Serb forces. Men who say they were abused by the Japanese boy band producer criticises the company's response. Members of the group of men who say that they were sexually abused as boys by a Japanese entertainment mogul uh, are accused uh, accusing the company behind the scandal of not being sincere in dealing with the victims and many uh, say that many have not received any compensation. Europe's biggest economy sh- uh, shrank last year as German, uh, Germany struggles with the multiple crises. crises. Uh, Germany's economic 
economy shrank by 0.03% uh, yeah, last year as uh, Europe's former powerhouse struggled with more expensive energy, higher interest rates and a lack of skilled labour in a home t- homegrown budget crisis. Uh, some, school reop- some schools reopen and garbage collection resumes in Japan's areas hardest hit by the New Year's quake. Uh, some of the schools have reopened and limited garbage collections resume in Japan's central. They just repeat it. Uh, where is that? In a place called no- Noto, hit by the deadly earth- New Year's Day uh, earthquake. And what a new leader means for Taiwan and the world. Taiwan's upcoming president is promising continu- continuity. The question is, what will bring? What will that bring? And not only for Taiwan, but also for China, the United States, and others with an interest in the island of 23 million people that supply many of the world's advanced semiconductors. King Frederick X uh, visits Danish Parliament on his first formal work work day uh, as the Danes' new monarch. Um, his name is, yes, we've got his name there, Frederick X. Um, he visited the Danish Parliament, it's repeated itself again, and Qu- Queen Margaretha, uh, how do you say that name? Is it Margaretha? Mar- I just say Margaretha. I think it's Margarita or something like that. She abdicated on Sunday after 52 years of the throne, the first Danish monarch to do so in nearly 900 years. <laughs> wow. Almost 100,000 Afghan children are in dire need of support three months after the quake, according to UNICEF, um, a former chair of the state-owned Bank of China, Everbright Group, arrested over suspected corruption. Chinese prosecutors say the former chairman of the state-owned Chinese bank uh, has been arrested on suspicion of corruption and bribery. Uh, German farmers and their tractors, they throng Berlin in a protest against fuel subsidy cuts. Farmers have clogged Berlin streets with their tractors, honking their horns at protesters in a plan to scrap um, tax breaks on the diesel they use. It's all happening. It's all against the farmers all over the world, isn't it? The globalists are at work. Australia celebrates Australian-born Queen of Denmark with the cocktail picnics and Danish festa. Uh, Australian-born Mary Donaldson, she's un- her unlikely journey from Tasmania to Queen of Denmark is being celebrated right across her homeland in Australia, in Tasmania. And United Nations seek $4.2 billion to help people in the Ukraine and refugees this year. They are appealing. And uh, horse racing in China's gaming hub of, of uh, Macau. Macau, yeah, that's in Hong Kong, isn't it? To end uh, in April after 40 years, the government in China's gambling hub of Macau uh, say that they will be, there will be no more horse racing in the city after nearly 40 years. But that's going to affect a few Kiwis that have gone over there to train horses and race. There's one in um, Ruakaka. She's quite big over there. I think she might be there. I can't remember her name. She's quite big, big on, the, on the horse racing. Uh, Brunei's newly wedded Martine and his commoner wife to be fettered at the end of a lavish cere- um, celebrations. They fettered them. <laughs> Presidential hopeful Bash Whedon, he says Indonesia's democracy is, is declining and pleads uh, changes. Former Jakarta governor seeking Indonesia's presidency, it said democratic democracy rather is declining in the country and pledged to make changes that will get it back on track. Indonesia evacuates 6,500 people on the island of Flores after a volcano spews clouds of ash. Uh, uh, 
And uh, I might be getting down to the bottom of the stories here. The police search for two uh, suspects who shot and killed a man in Starbucks in southwestern Japan. I didn't think they had crime like that over there. They must do. And the stock market today, shares fall in Europe after gains in Asia. U.S. markets are closed for the holiday. What holiday? They've got a holiday. Uh, European market, okay. At Davos, the AI climate change and conflicts get top billing. Climate conflict and the rise of the artificial intelligence around round out the... Um, uh, on the to-do list, rather, of the global priorities at this year's edition of the World Economic Forum, the Gabfest of the business, political, and other elites. They're all gathering. And uh, Bulls fans boo when Jerry Krause honoured during the Ring of Honour ceremony, leaving the widow upset. Well, she does look upset. Oh, Chicago Bulls fans. Uh, booed the former general manager, Jerry Krause, on Friday night during a, a lifetime ceremony, uh, rather, halftime ceremony, to honour the organisation's uh, greets, seemingly moving his widow to tears. Oh, that's not very nice. And the fourth person has died after a fiery crash near the Western New York concert, uh, concert but uh, motive remains a mystery. Authorities say a fourth person died nearly two weeks after the driver crashed an SUV packed with gas cans near a crowd of New York co- uh, concert goers in western New York. I don't remember reading about that. Mexico finds missing Colombian woman. They've apparently been forced to work as escorts. Oh, nasty. Mexican officials say they've found at least eight Colombian women who were reported missing in the Gulf Coast state of Tabasco. That's where the source comes from. I suppose. A Los Angeles man's pleaded not guilty to killing wife and his and her parents, putting the body parts in a trash can. Mm. Uh, oh, here we are. We, um, AP News have even got some New Zealand news. After years of delay, former New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern missed out the Dane. They've tied the knot. Uh, where did that Marion Clark Gayford? Couldn't get married, had to be postponed due to the coronavirus pandemic. They didn't say pandemic, but I, I did. A man's been charged in the 2013 home invasion slaying and assault in suburban Philadelphia. Authorities say the man's been charged in, in this... Uh, oh, let's just repeat, repeat the headline. Give us a, a new sentence. And Brunei's newlywed Martine and his commoner wife, oh, yep, they're going to be fettered. OK, and so that's news there. We've got TNT radio news coming up, haven't we? Hopefully... Give me a rest, give you a rest from hearing my monotonous tone. I'll be back in a minute with um, a bit more info of what's going on. I have a slurp of my coffee. How's that? It's uh, two minutes to eight. Israel is the size of the state of New Jersey. So there are 21 Arab countries in the region, one Jewish state, and for some reason Israel is the big bad wolf. You can barely find it on the map. It's a tiny piece of land. The Jordan River over there to the east and the Mediterranean Sea. When people say from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, they mean that piece of land completely clean. So ethnically cleansing the Jews from their ancestral land. Why is this anti-Semitic? It's anti-Semitic because if you don't allow only the Jewish people to have a state, if you're anti-Zionist, you're saying, I'm not anti-Semitic, I'm just an anti-Zionist. Well, then which other country would you like to dismantle? Usually the answer to that is none, just Israel. So people that are obsessing over Israel are anti-Semitic, and that means cleansing that particular piece of land, which is the Jewish people's um, ancestral land. It would be very similar, but not nearly as commentary as to say, get everything from the Atlantic to Pacific, south of Canada, north of Mexico. Yeah. 
America will be. Yeah, I don't even think women should be police officers because I'm sorry, if I'm in danger and they send me a woman, I'm going to be so offended, especially here. If I'm home alone and someone breaks into my apartment and they send me a woman, it's like, what's a woman going to do that I couldn't do? I'm stronger than most women. I'm in better shape than most women and I'm taller than most women. So it's like, what is that female police officer really going to do? Why do you think, Pearl, that, that women are not natural leaders? I just think there are things that women are naturally good at and men are naturally good at. Women just tend to be more agreeable and the trait disagreeable. To hear a replay of this hour, go to episodes at TNTradio.live. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. A U.S. fighter jet intercepted and destroyed a cruise missile launched by Houthi rebels aimed at an American destroyer. This action was in response to the Houthis' first significant strike following a series of drone attacks by Western forces. The United States and its allies had commenced airstrikes on Houthi targets from Friday following persistent attacks on shipping routes in the Red Sea amidst the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas. The Shiite Houthi group, aligned with Iran and having taken control of Yemen's capital in 2014, has not officially acknowledged the missile attack. Rebels were seen posing with machine guns and rocket launchers in photos released Sunday. Fighters were also photographed earlier in the weekend conducting drills and recording themselves in terrain made to resemble Jewish settlements. It wasn't immediately clear whether the U.S. would retaliate for the latest attack, though Joe Biden said he will not hesitate to direct further measures to protect our people and the free flow of international commerce as necessary. Germany is preparing for a scenario in which Russia launches an open attack on NATO in the summer of 2025 after scoring major victories against Ukraine. Build reported on Sunday, citing classified documents. Moscow has repeatedly denied having any plans to attack the U.S.-led military bloc. The secret German defense ministry paper, reportedly seen by the outlet, provides a month-by-month outline of a possible path to the conflict between the West and Russia. The scenario begins a new mobilization in February 2024, with Russia calling up an additional 200,000 troops. Moscow has insisted it does not need to pursue such a measure, citing an abundance of volunteers. According to the scenario outlined in the document, Moscow then launches a powerful spring offensive against Ukraine, resulting in Kiev suffering from inadequate Western support yielding ground. The report then describes Russia launching an initially covert and later increasingly open attack on the Baltic states in July, waging cyber warfare and inciting riots among the local Russian-speaking population. The crisis precipitates a Russian military buildup in Western Russia, Belarus, and Kaliningrad. At the same time, Moscow positions itself to seize the Suvalki Gap, according to the paper, a narrow strip of land in northeast Poland between Belarus and Kaliningrad, resulting in riots with numerous deaths, with Russia accusing NATO of preparing to attack the country. Alexei Tarasenko, commander of Kiev's 5th Assault Brigade, has disclosed that the average age of soldiers in the Ukrainian army exceeds 40 years, highlighting the military's urgent need for younger recruits. In his conversation with Espresso TV, Tarasenko expressed his bewilderment over doubts regarding the necessity for further mobilization. He stressed that many military units are facing critical personnel shortages, with the majority of recruits being older men with various associated with issues. Tarasenko emphasized the dire need for younger people in the military, noting that many who joined at the start of the conflict are no longer serving. This statement aligns with the Ukrainian parliament's request for additional revisions to a controversial bill aimed at lowering the maximum draft age from 27 to 25, tightening deferral limitations, and increasing penalties for draft evasion. 
Despite concerns about potential constitutional violations and corruption risks within the bill, the urgent need for replenishment of forces remains a pressing issue. President Volodymyr Zelensky previously indicated the Army's request for the mobilization of 450,000 to 500,000 people. However, Valery Zeluzhny, Ukraine's top general, refuted claims of specifying a number for new recruits. Former President Donald Trump mocked media reports that primary rival Nikki Haley is surging in the polls during a commit to caucus rally in Iowa on Sunday. She went from 8 to 11. I went from 66 to 71. We'll be back with another news break at the top of the next hour. This has been James O'Neill for TNT. A better business tip from TNT Radio. News Talk Radio listeners are some of the most active and involved listeners of any format. TNT Radio listeners rely on TNT Radio often as their primary source of information. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to TNTradio.live. 88.1 FM, the wireless weather. It's five past eight. Good morning to you if you've just joined me. I'm just about on my way out the door now. <laughs> okay, let's look at the extremes for New Zealand. Point the rain, 19.7. The lowest is Tiana now at 6.6 degrees. 6.6, that's getting down, isn't it, there, really? Uh, windiest place to be is Palmerston North Airport with 33 kilometres of wind per hour there. Kaitaia is the rainiest place, but the, wind, the rain has dropped off in the north at 1.2 millimetres there. Uh, temperatures right across the main centre, Stewart Island's on 10 degrees, uh, Chatham Island's 16 degrees, Invercargill's on 10, Dunedin 13 with Timaru, Christchurch 12 degrees, Blenheim's on 15, Nelson 18, Westport 13 degrees, a little further south on the west coast, uh, Franz Joseph has 8 degrees and Queenstown's also on 8. In the North Island, Wellington 16 degrees, Marston 14, Napier's on 17, Taupo and Rotorua 16 and 19 degrees in Rotorua, uh, and New Plymouth has 15 degrees, Palmerston North 17. Moving up to the east coast with Gisborne on 18 degrees and Hamilton also 18, Tower on 19 with Auckland as well, and Wangarei almost, um, Wangarei's almost 20 degrees, Kaitaia 19 degrees. Now, uh, uh, let's look at the short forecast. Well, uh, the short forecast valid for all New Zealand, valid until midnight tonight for Northland, Auckland, Coromandel Peninsula, the Bay of Plenty, and also for Gisborne and Hawke's Bay. Rain in the north and in Gisborne easing this morning, otherwise isolated showers. For Waikato to Taranaki, also Rotorua in the central high country, partly cloudy with areas of fog or a shower or two about Rotorua and Tapo this morning, isolated showers developing from the afternoon. For Wanganui to Wellington, also for Wairarapa, Areas of morning cloud or fog, otherwise fine. For Nelson, Marlborough and Canterbury, areas of cloud clearing in Nelson and Marlborough this morning and Canterbury this afternoon. For Buller, fine weather all day. For Otago, Southland and Fiordland, mostly fine today. Isolated showers about the south coast clearing later this morning. And for the Chatham Islands, partly cloudy weather for you. Partly cloudy. Well, that's great, isn't it? Mm, good, good to know. It's um, seven minutes past eight. I look white, dude. I look like I tell my mom to shut up. I could never do that. I could never do that. I have a Cuban mom that escaped communism, okay? The only reason I know that is because she told me every morning. So I don't know how you woke up in the morning, but for me, it's good morning, Marcelo. Have a great day, but just remember, I free you. <laughs> She's a scary woman. 
In my house, you can't have a bad day. When your mom escapes communism, you can't have a bad day. You get home from school, you're like, Mom, I had a bad day at school. She's like, what happened? What happened that was so bad? Did somebody steal your freedom today? I don't understand. Uh, I, I, the expatriates from the communist countries, they are the best. The best people. They are. Okay, that's my lot for the day. It's nine minutes past eight. Thanks very much for joining me. Um, a bit of a higgledy-piggledy morning, wasn't it? Let me know if you're interested in this all this international news that I plough through or whether you want, well, I, I, I couldn't really give you much Kiwi news. There wasn't really much happening. It was a lot of just rehash stuff. Um, so I might, I'm actually thinking about it. I was talking with John G just um, last night. I'm actually thinking about um, not doing the morning programme and doing it in the um, doing it later at night, so maybe some nine till midnight or something like that, or oh, probably not that late. Or we better get out of bed in the morning to go to work. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe say eight, eight till ten or something like that. Just a couple of hours or seven till ten. Could do something like that. Seven, one, two, three. Yeah, seven till ten, and then we'd have sort of a whole lot of news. It'll be quite fresh. And we'd be able to go through that together. And we could have the world at seven. <laughs> How about that? We could do that. Okay, well, um, we're getting back to some country music now. So um, if you are on Rumble uh, or any of the other uh, streams, your best bet's to go to uh, one of our radio streams. And you'll find those in the description. Uh, there's links there. And I'm, I'm finding, actually, not Zeno. They always have ads at the beginning. It's a bit of a pain in the butt. What about um, my tuner? I've been finding that to be quite good. They've got a lot of pictorial ads, but they don't have um, all these long ads, you know, three, three 30 second commercials going, uh, you know, one after the other, the same ad playing, which is a bit of a pain. Uh, so that's what I would do. I'd, have, I'd give them a try. And my tuner, I find that very good and very reliable as well. Okay, well, thanks for joining me. We'll see you tomorrow morning, Lord willing, at the same time at uh, five o'clock. Across Wellington, Hawke's Bay and Northland, 88.1 FM, The Wireless.